so Anne, how are you doing? Crit Apocalypse episode 110. We made it. 110. We always said 110, then we stopped doing heroin. How are you feeling about going cold turkey? What? Yeah, that's right. It's happening. We have to do it now. We committed to this. 110 episodes, then we give up heroin. What is your plan for going cold turkey? I don't do heroin. The only drug I do is... Just because you spell it and say it differently doesn't mean it's not heroin. So, how are we going to give it up? Cat. Baby, give it up. Give it up. Give me some of that, cat. Don't do the hard stuff. Don't want to do the hard stuff. Just no, do just, just do light, cat. Just light stuff. And cat. And what's your, what's your, MDM. What do you do to come down? Do you do MDMA Kit to come cat. down? <laughs> you do cat. Then MDMA. And a little bit of yeah. some E, maybe? Just cake. <laughs> some cake. A particularly glutinous chocolate cake mm. that we export to France. It so just Anne. comes in one giant pill. Yeah. <laughs> no, it comes in a can. Yeah. You, have to, you have to peel it open one and down the other to get it out. Yeah. It's so this Crit Apocalypse. Crit Apocalypse episode 110. Yeah. 110 episodes of this, what we call life. Yep, we're almost at 111 listens. I'm so fucking tired. Oh, good. <laughs> almost 111 listens. Once our fan listens to this episode, we're right up there. Well, once I play it back by accident. Yeah, that will happen. I'll download it. Probably mm. won't listen to it because I hate us. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're here. So uh, we're going to quickly go through some interesting stuff that's happened no. in the last two weeks. Yeah, come on. So one of the most interesting things, Pro Jared. Sargon of a cad got milkshake fur on him today. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. That's good. I fucking hate that stupid cunt. I got a Brexit leaflet through the door. Yeah? Yeah, it mentioned that um, one of the guys in there, he's supposed to be a master of deals and stuff. It says yeah. on there, he's like some business guy. He says, I'm a master of a deal. And um, any deal other than no deal would be a bad deal. And I'm like, no, no deal's exactly oh, is it, is the definition of a bad Trump? deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you 10 grand, but I'm going to take nothing because that's better than walking out of here with a shit car. No, I don't know. He's an idiot. He's a fucking moron. They're all morons. Yeah. Brexit oh. party. I can't believe you, Kip, have got Sarkod of a can. Sargon of a can. Carl Benjamin. I don't even know his fucking name. I don't care. I've never listened to any of his YouTube videos. I've never, like... All I knew was the guy was a twat, so I was just mm. like, I don't need to listen to this shit. I think the only time I've heard anything about him is that their UKIP... Someone... Someone uploaded a video that was UKIP's, like... So it was their promotional video about who they've got on their channel and things like that, who they've got on their team. Mm. And uh, someone interspliced sections of whatever he had, like a podcast or a YouTube channel. Yeah. And it was just him saying horrible racial shit... Mm. And saying shit about gay people and all this other stuff. And every time I heard it, I was like, you Kip, support this message. Yeah. You know? Like, fucking... And who's the other one? demonetized. Who's the other one? That stupid little twat with a dog. Who um, turns out that he was massively racist behind closed doors as well. I don't know, probably. They all are. Fucking Is Tommy scumbag. Robinson Ukip or is he just doing... Yeah, Tommy Robinson's Ukip as is well. Is he? Jesus. Yeah. Stephen Yaxley Lennon, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Noted but, literal con man. What's his... <laughs> wait, sorry, what was the... You know how he doesn't like foreigners coming yeah, to the country? Yeah, he tried to break into... He's trying to sneak into America with a fake passport. Well, he did get into America. He got into America with a fake passport. He caught him at the border. What a twat. What an absolute fucking twat. They all are. It's all a fucking joke at this point, isn't it? Like, you vote for Nigel Farage, all these people that say they want to vote for Nigel Farage, and the NHS is privatised. And you vote for UKIP, they also want to privatise the NHS, despite the fact their one fucking thing about Brexit UKIP was... UKIP and the Brexit party are the same party. They're, well, they're literally, they're going to the same goal. They've got the same end goal. They're, it's Nigel Farage has started another thing up, so he can have another thing to get votes on, well, just no, in case. Because he knows UKIP's a dead horse. He won't be able to join back in UKIP, like... 
He's not racist enough anymore, is he? No, it's literally a Nazi party now. Mm. And people still want to vote for them because they're fucking idiots. Because we come from the UK. My aunt does. My aunt's going to vote Brexit party about it. Really? Good for her. Good luck to her. Voting for the Brexit party in the European elections, you fucking idiots. Anyway, um, that's not what I was going to talk about. Pro Jared's a paedophile. That's also not what I was going to talk about. Spider-Man Far From Home. What about it? There was a new trailer. Yeah, they've been playing it in front of Avengers Endgame. Yeah, they have, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Spider-Man Far From Home, the interesting thing is that that, um, Mysterio, known liar and super super villain whose one power is he deceives people into them, like to making them do stuff he wants. Um, he says he's from the multiverse. Yeah, and everyone's going nuts. And I'm like, do you not? No, do you not know? I think I think they could do something smart here. But I also thought they're about homecoming, and then they literally told us everything that happens in the film. They, they'll probably do something set in alternate realities because they're they're doing that one division TV yeah, show, which is which be like, apparently set in the fifties. No, no, no. Um, what I've heard, and I don't know if this is true because there's multiple sources have said this, but I don't know. Um, it's going to be. Wonderverse is like her mind breaking mm. and every every episode is going to be like a different type of sitcom. So you're mm. going to start in the 50s and then you have sitcoms from the 60s like Love Thy Neighbour and then the 70s like Steptoe and Son or whatever and then the 80s, 90s like Married with Children and shit like that and it, it's just going to be like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and then finally it'll come up to present day. And we should get Mary-Kate and Ashley to play Scarlet Witch. That'd be fucking hilarious, wouldn't it? Um, uh, yeah, but that's that's one division. That's like the Disney Plus thing. Have you heard how much Disney Plus is going to cost? Uh, it's like seven quid or something. Seven dollars. Yeah. yeah, seven dollars, which isn't bad. I'll probably give it a go. Yeah, right. considering how much shit they're going to watch. Ducktales finally. Yeah, oh, the new yeah, Ducktales. The new, new Ducktales cartoon is really good. New Ducktales cartoon. They did. Do you remember they did the uh, they did the theme tune with all the cast? No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking incredible! I was on board they straight away. Took the Nes Moon theme and turned it into a song. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a lullaby that um, Huey Dewey and Louie's mum sings to them. Um, then they meet up with her again this week. They 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 reunited with her, and it turns out the names are meant to be Rad Turbo and Metal. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's Donald Donald fucked it up. That's pretty <laughs> great. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's 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 coming mm. soon. Um, and with that, obviously, we're getting one division. We're getting the Ma- the the Mandalorian is going to be like it's going to be ready to go in November when the channel is mm-hmm. up and running. So that's going to be one of the first bits of new content. Are you excited about that, or are you done Star Wars wise? Star Wars has always been one of those things where you get a great film, but then you get a terrible series, and they've never really found their stride in TV. There's been a Star Wars TV series, and it's like animated. animated. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. kids shows in the early eighties. That's true. Ewoks yeah. and droids. Droids was but, good. But then you've also got like the extended universe stuff. There's a lot of that shit that trod on each other's toes. Droids had, droids had something. Two seasons. No, there's. Oh, it's the first appearance of Boba Fett. No, no, Boba Fett's first appearance in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, Was that? Yeah, there's a character in fucking droids who they brought back in one of the modern films. Oh, really? Yeah, like he's like he's referenced. Well, at least they reuse the name at least. Was Lobot first in droids? No, no, no. No, I can't remember. It's one of the villains. Anyway. Um, so that's happening. So the Mandalorian. So you're going to try Disney Plus? It's not like DC Universe, is it? Where DC Universe was like, we'll kind of give you stuff you want. What's on DC Universe? Well, they don't have all of the films. They don't mm. have all of the animated films. They have two series now. So Titans and Doom Patrol. And to be fair, Doom Patrol is kind of great. Mm. Like I've not done a full review of the series yet because they've got one more episode. But once that's up, I'll do a review. And it's it's been mostly entertaining. I think that. The good thing about Doom Patrol is it's set across like fifty de- uh, five decades, hmm. and most of the main cast don't age, and they don't even explain it. They're just like, nah, superheroes. Comic books. Yeah, and it's kind of cool. 
I kind of enjoyed that. Um, okay, and then last bit of news. Um, oh yeah, people have taken away abortions from Alabama and Georgia. It's actually it's, it's not actually. It's not. In, it's all. not in power yet. Twenty twenty. Plus, it's actually illegal. They can't ban it. The law actually says that it's not illegal. Well, Roe versus Wade. They're basically trying to. Yeah, they're trying they to repeal put laws Roe against versus, the doctors doing it. And basically, the, yeah. So they're trying to make it so doctors that do it will be. We can be jailed for up to 99 years, and that's even in the event of incest and rape. Because America's fucking stupid. Well, they don't want to keep the population down in Alabama, because that's how most of their population happens. But the problem is that just in doing this, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Because you you ban stuff based on... Because a lot of this is religious ideology, isn't it? Let's face it, that's that's the name of the game. It's people that are Christian. It's a mess. It's Christian, far-right, you know... And also just centre-right, really. It's all of those people saying, hey, guess what? Our religion's more important than your life. Every sperm is sacred until it needs to go to school. It needs feeding. Well, that's the thing. They're, they until they're old enough abortions. to join the military. They want to ban abortions, but they don't want to ban guns, which also kill people. More people than abortions. Rappers, they kill people. Yeah. They don't want to ban cigarettes because cigarettes are an economy booster. They like everybody smokes over there and they have lots of money. They don't want to ban alcohol. These are all things that kill people. And stop life. But the only thing that they're worried about putting laws in place around are abortions, and that's because you can't monetize it. Mm. That's it. That's really the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Like, all of these white old fucks, they don't give a shit about women having abortions. In fact, if they could, they would just give them the right, but they would monetize it. They'd make it so you have to spend five grand to get an abortion, then they'd be happy. And then you'd be able to get abortions from different companies, and you could price you could price them against each other. Pepsi Max abortions. You know that's that's a libertarian dream, isn't it? You create an economy based on the idea that people compete for business. You know, America, home of the fucking idiots. Mm. I mean, it's the fact that they call themselves the greatest country in the world, but they're the biggest joke in the world at this point. I mean, it's not even funny. Yeah, how stupid they are. And like all the money they put into their military forces, it's the people in power that's stupid. It's not necessarily the. People. It's not necessarily the populace. No, no state in America actually supports no like the poll public. No state in America supports banning abortions. Well, actually, that's like, interesting because like, I only, think not one state has over twenty five percent support that's, for it. That's it. But that's yeah. still a lot of people. Twenty five percent enough to write one quarter of the population thinks it's wrong for people to be able to have a baby removed from their body. In the event, in the very minimal, in the instance that it's involving rape or, or incest, they're not willing to give those people that right. Mm. Six weeks isn't long enough. Mm. Everyone who's done basic biology knows that. Six weeks isn't long enough. And then there's films like, so this week I was going to I was gonna review the film Unplanned. Sorry, I know we're running over. I'll try and be quick with the yeah, first you just won't I'll stop try talking. and be quick with the first review I do, but I want to talk about this very quickly. It's not a review, so it doesn't belong in the review section. So we're just going to very briefly talk about this. Have you heard about the film Unplanned? Possibly. So Unplanned is a Christian film made by Pure Flix, the same people that did God's ah, Not Dead. It's so very... the Christian Ringo. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, it's very big because it's the first R-rated Christian movie. <gasps> do you know why it's R-rated? Because it's to do with abortion, and they have some very gory scenes in which people are literally slipping over bits of dead baby in an abortion clinic because they don't know how me- like medicine works. And this this film has worked on people. That's a... Yeah, like it's essentially that. Like it's it's either v- v- done, or it's not like they chop arms and legs off and they come out. But that's what this film is telling people. Hmm. And people are stupid, so they'll believe this shit because it's the same as that internet thing. I saw on Facebook, so it's gotta be true. 
Like, you're a fucking idiot if you believe things that way. That's not how life works. But people have seen this film, especially Christians, and grabbing hold of this and running with it. And there is something so fundamentally wrong with this. It's akin to the Nazi super minch films. Minch. 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 Yeah, I know. I'm joking. That was meant to be a joke. Super minch. Yeah, super minch. You know, like... you. uh, Okay, it's a Jewish word, isn't it, for a person? Mensch. Mensch. Is it mensch? It's mensch. Oh, right. Okay, well, that didn't even work on either level. It's not a Jewish word, it's a German word. Is it? Yeah, Ubermensch, Superman. I thought it was a... Oh, well... Mensch is German for man. Right, well, we need to delete this whole section. Jesus Christ. Anyway, but, like, it's akin to that. I don't know anything about Nazis. It is propaganda. Yeah, of course it is. It's fucking mad. American films are propaganda. But it's coming to the UK to cinemas. Is it? Oh. They just had one film. You know the Topher Grace one where the kid falls under the ice? The one we spoke about the trailer? We were taking the piss? Legends of the Guardians. No. The one where Topher Grace plays Rise a priest. Of the it's literally a it's literally a pure flicks film about a kid who falls under the ice, his heart stops, and they bring him back and then like his heart stops for like eighteen minutes and then miraculously oh. survives without brain damage. Oh. And Topher Grace is in it. Oh. Why is Topher Grace doing Venom. this? Yeah. <laughs> Venom. <laughs> Um, but anyway, fuck it. Right, this is a podcast. We review stuff and things. Is it now? And you get I four you reviews. Were just ranting about you get four reviews, knock one out the park. Start your you own fucking. Start, absolute, start your own rant channel you on YouTube. Player, come on, just sit there. Give us a review. Get yourself your own YouTube channel. And just rant to a webcam. Maybe Ooh, you can do acapellas like I'll that. I'll tell kid you what, does. actually, I could be alexjones.com. Start a website called Alex. Just a YouTube channel called Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Actually, I'll call it. I'll call it. Jalex owns. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Benjamin. Seems <laughs> he doesn't want to use his real name on there. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, maybe because he's a racist simpleton. Maybe they use fake names so that when people search for them, they don't find out the bad stuff they've done legally. And what does he do for a job before UKIP? Well, like, Carl before Benjamin. YouTube. Administration. Where? Probably janitor. I don't know. Uh, Burger funny. King. He got upset he worked for retail. Actually, Burger King staff have. Class. They have hygiene reasons. They have hygiene yeah. standards. Yeah. Drinking, making noise. You're fucking stupid. You're a view ant. Put stuff in a glass for once. We'll do. We'll do. Duly noted. <sighs> right. Yep. Lots of important stuff to review Go. this week. Power Rangers. So, um. Okay, wait. Before we start. What? What is the name of this Power Rangers series? It's Power Rangers Megaforce. Okay, and what are the colours for this series? Uh, red, yellow, blue, pink, and black. Oh, okay. And there's so a silver robot ranger. Traditional. Oh, and the silver. Yeah. Okay. Well, Power Rangers Megaforce is the first of two anniversary seasons. They like did a two-part season because they only get 20 episodes. Um, this one's... it's uh, um, So, there's a lot of attempts in this series to make it feel like the original Power Rangers. Um, you know, you've got a big head on a wall. That's yeah. the mentor. He's called to- He's called Gosei. Um, and what's Gosei's history? Gosei is five star. That's a word in Japanese. What's five star? Well, it's in five stars. Oh, so yeah. it's five people in one? No, he's just a big head. Just big tiki head. Oh. Because um, remember, Dai Ranger was called Gosei Sentai Dai Ranger. Yeah. And they use the word. It's also kind of related to heavens and stuff like that, um, which we'll get to. So, But they he requests some. He gets his little robot buddy to get some teenagers with attitude to help them fight against an invasion. That's happening. Moth monsters and robots and stuff. Um, so there's a whole bunch of little little nods and winks to Power Rangers, the original series, because it's an anniversary. And it's, there's some stuff that's neat that like they've brought, because it hasn't been done in Power Rangers of Ages. They're high schoolers again. Okay. Um, they occasionally have activities they take part in very briefly, not yeah. often. 
not of not. I missed that. I missed when the Power Rangers were like, "Hey, this week we're doing quad biking." Hey, I'm really into football, and then they never mentioned football again. <laughs> I miss all that. I miss when it was like Tommy's like, "I really want to be on the football team," and he becomes quarterback when he's never played football before. And Jason was the quarterback, and Jason's happy for him. Um, but yeah, they they they're just in high school again. They've got a command center again, which hasn't really been a thing for a while. They've always had like. For the last few series, it's always been like wherever they work is their command center. Like yeah. cause they've been adults, so they've had like a pizzeria with a secret base underneath it, or the the samurai rangers have like a uh, samurai school training ground that they go to. Yeah. But this one's like they're back in high school again. They're studying. They got exams and shit like that. In between, they're saving the day stuff. Um, so it, it feels traditional. Um, the base is like all the ranger keys alongside. Do you remember ranger keys? Because I mentioned them in the review of Kaizuko Sentai Go Kaija. Yeah. Do you remember there was one where the pirates and they transform? I we'll do get to that, that next time on Game Grumps. Okay. Because um, this first half of the series isn't based on Go Kaija, even though that's an anniversary series of Super Sentai to be really easy to base it on. They've based it on the previous series to that, which is called uh, Tenso Sentai Go Seija. Yeah. Um, Go Seija has a very, 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 like... What's the word for when it's obvious? Obvious. Nah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of a good word. Evident. Nah. Clear. I don't know. Whatever. Like fucking obvious. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got a theme that is definitely angelic. <sighs> so a- angels and heaven and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. And obviously, this is an American show, so they cut all that shit out. Um, there's no mention to what their theme is. They, they've they got these costumes, which are all nice, and they've got gold and silver patterns on them and all this sort of stuff. And like, any, and like crosses. And they concentrate entirely on the fact that they've got animals. Each of them have got an animal theme going on. Okay. But it's only a vague, like they've got a dragon pattern or something. Dragon's not an animal. But they're quite clearly, like, angelic. They've got wing patterns on their chests and stuff like that. And they've cut out all the bits where wings crop out of them from the... Super Sentai series, and they all just happen to be Irish Americans. No, nah, they all just well, and they're like they hang out the at But um, the they've cut out all the um, angelic stuff. But there's some stuff which is really weird though, because like they're making this show on a budget. Like Saban, Saban is notorious skinflint when yeah, it comes yeah. to production. We know about that. Like there's a reason Power Rangers exists. It's because half the show he didn't have to shoot. He could just take the footage and cut around it yeah you know um so you know they've always been saving budget but there's stuff in this where like the way they morph they have cards obviously collectible cards you can buy in packs and stuff yeah, like that yeah it makes sense that's a good marketing um, boy. and you have like their morph is like a it's another phone thing but it opens up it's got a tiki head like his gose the big head on the wall okay yeah and it opens up his mouth and they put the card in and shut it up to morph okay all the cards are covered in Japanese text because they didn't bother translating them all the graphics and all this sort of stuff. They didn't bother doing new graphics or anything for any of it. And all of them even say Tenso Sentai Gosaja on them. Like, they didn't even bother changing any of that to say Megaforce so or anything. no attempt whatsoever to localise it. Yeah, no attempt at all. Like, it's all covered in Japanese text. The good side effect of this is that they use all the Japanese names for the, a lot of the Zords, mostly. Um, there's some stuff where they don't, where they call, like, the Seek Brothers. They call them the Sea Brothers instead. But it's kind of neat that all the Zords are being called like Gosei Great, Megazord and stuff, which is neat, I think, you know, it's <laughs> nice to keep that. Um, but it isn't as bad as like Samurai, where they literally, there's, the script was so copied from the Japanese show, they had to credit the original writer <laughs> of it. Like, it's not that bad. They have adapted to a certain extent. But I think it's it, sometimes it's good to main, or to at least, you know, keep that stuff in there, because mm. then... You know, it, it makes more sense when it comes to the other scenes. If they had a theme where it was like, if it, if it was 
in samurai they were doing lots of kai you know like painting japanese symbols and stuff to do their moves never once called them hiragana but whatever mm. they called them magic samurai symbols if they had like japanese text on stuff then you'd make sense because it's like you know japanese themed and there's a vague thing in the city that there's sort of a multicultural thing going on in samurai so sometimes you see japanese text on signs yeah and some of the american footage has that they left they recorded it in the american footage to make sure you think oh this city's multicultural which is quite neat but there's none of that in Mega Force. It's just all the cards have Japanese on them. Fuck it. Um, the best one's the card that says Landic Brothers. Because <laughs> they're all something Sea-Ick, Sky-Ick, and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Because there's something about, I think it's some Japanese thing. But Landic Brothers is funny. They just call them Land Brothers, but they don't say the dick. Um, I wonder why. Everyone loves the dick, though. Everybody loves the dick. you got to get your vitamin D. Yeah. Um, as a team, the Rangers, like apart from one of them, they're actually a really good team. Yeah, like they're they're very old fashioned. They've all got very clear personality types. The Blue Rangers, the boffin nerd type guy. Green Rangers, the Black Rangers, the practical Joker. Yeah, you know, and you have got the pink and yellow Rangers and all that. Um, the Red Ranger is just—it's astounding how wooden he is. Apparently, he was told to act like that, and that's always been his argument. And apparently, some of the producers have said, "Yeah, we wanted him to be stoic and not show too much emotion." Stoic. But I'm not convinced, because this guy, if you look up his IMDb credits, before Power Rangers, he was in a David Dakota film. And those aren't known for their brilliant acting. They're more known for guys in boxer shorts, not wearing many clothes, laying around in bed together. They're essentially pillow fight the movie. You see, there's you know, David Dakota films yeah, from yeah. Best of the Worst. They get covered quite often there. Yeah. There's usually endless scenes of guys just hanging out with each other in their shorts. Was it the Sasquatch one where they all went to the cabin and the guys ended up topless like five Probably. seconds in? Yeah. But the, he's the guy who did that one with the um, giant eyeball. Yeah, that was having sex with that lady. Yeah. And then having sex with those guys. Good old David Dakota. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Troy is just—he's just a black, complete blank state. I think he's meant to be like Jason, and Jason had a like a I'm a stoic warrior type, but he yeah. smiled and he was a bit of personality and he was a bit of a play, kind of. played around and stuff. He was Jason's good. Jason's a good ranger. Jason the slap face. Yeah, he's coming back for the new. I'm series. sure he is. He can't be up to much. Yeah, he's a firefighter now. Is he? Yeah, it's his no. actual day job. That's good. Yeah, he's a hero in real life. Yeah. Doesn't morph in real life, though. Yes, he does. He morphs into a fire ranger. He's Jason during the day, and I refuse to believe he has another name. And then when fires start, he morphs into a firefighter. Yeah, right. We've got to go put out a fire. Goes, Back to action. Goes, fire mode. Activate. And then catches on fire. It makes the team do a morph pose. Yeah. They failed to put out the fire properly. you got to go back. Back to action. Yeah. With yeah. the power of asbestos. Yeah. It's morphing time. <laughs> Jason, stop. It's morphing time. And then just him just putting his cost his fire no, no, suit. No, it'd be like it'd be like Joe Pesci from With Honors. It'd just be like he'd be like asbestos <laughs> would kill us. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jason. Well it's serious um there's some environmentalist themes going on in it. That's cool. okay, cool, That's fair good. enough. That's that happens every now and again. That's good. But um it does feel like the series has no idea what it's is. And when it comes to like being an anniversary series there's, the only thing is, is that Troy has had some sort of dream of some massive battle involving shitloads of Power Rangers and maybe a few cent- Super Sentai characters they didn't edit out um, that come before Power Rangers. You know, that'll come up in the next review, in the next Power Rangers review next time, because that comes up a lot. Um, but they, yeah, they're just, it's just a team. They've got... Things happen. There's there's a few too many villains going on. There's like a moth villain, and he's the invading force, and he's got like a second in command who just decides, ah, you know what? I'm going to get these sludge monsters and get them to fight some battles for a bit, 
And then he goes off and makes some robot villains as well. Yeah. That happens five episodes before the end of the series. He makes an entire new faction for them to fight five episodes from the end. Yeah. Because that's smart. Um, There's a robot sixth ranger who's basically Robocop. And he's like, he doesn't really know how to deal with things. He's there to protect the planet, not the people on it. Yeah. That's his coding. He's old and he's like, his coding's probably gone a bit weird. But he literally walks around like Robocop, talking like Robocop, like fighting villains and stuff. Um, there's a brilliant episode where he clearly wasn't in the Japanese episode they were taking footage from. So they have him just basically be out of reach the whole episode. And the reason they can't contact him is because he's trying to learn about stuff. So he goes to the library and the librarian insists he hands in his phone. So his phone morpher. He leaves at the desk. Yeah. So that's why they can't contact him because he's at the library learning about hip hop. And at the end, he raps. He was at a library <laughs> learning about hip hop. Yeah, learning about music and humans and art and stuff like that. So it's just funny. Funny stuff. He's walking around and everyone's screaming and panicking because they think he's a monster. They're running out of the library. And he's just like in there reading books. Whatever. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, this here is. Um, it's just a bit mess. It's just a mess. Um, the way it just kind of has no direction, and then suddenly in the last five episodes, it's like, here's some new villains, big battles coming up. Oh, shit, everyone's blowing up. People have dead. Oh, no, the main villain's been destroyed. Oh, he's come back as a cyborg. Now it's, oh, yeah, it's over now. And then it ends with a big alien invasion that leads into the next series. And they do nothing with the Ranger keys for the whole series. They're just lined up. Just there. Every now and again, Troy goes off to have a fort, and he goes and just stares at a wall. Because there's no windows. Cool. In there. Um, That's good directing. Yeah. He just stares at the Ranger keys for a bit. But um, there's some stuff that's actually, I say, some stuff's quite neat. It's neat that they've got a command centre. It's a bit old fashioned and stuff. And some of the American shot action sequences are pretty cool. Um, but, you know, it's it's just weird. It's poorly translated over. They make no reference to the theming at all. They They get new Zords every five seconds. Like, they're literally just like, they're doing something, and they haven't even achieved whatever would be the plot device for learning the lesson or whatever yeah. in the episode. And Tent and Gosei's just like, hey, you've unlocked the ability to use this new fucking massive Megazord. There's no, like, we're going on a quest to unlock this Megazord. We have to complete a task to get this new thing. It's just like, yeah, fucking, here's some more of them. Fucking rad. Change into this thing. You've got, like, 50 fucking little Zord things now. Go for it. You've leveled up, kids. Now you can use your Ultra Modes. And it's just like, eh. Normally they do something to earn it. And this yeah. is just like, fuck it, you get it. Get on with it. <laughs> there you go. It's like, you walk down the street, you've got the land dick megazords. <laughs> oh, just a sea dick. cucumber that flops about the yeah. place, just chewing off weird loads everywhere. Yeah. There sexy. you go. That's that's your Zord. Yeah. That's your Zord incel boy. Go. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, this. And it's weird that... It, apparently, the reason why the series was this series was one Super Sentai, the next series was a different one. Yeah, that they adapted and put, combined together because apparently Toei was insisting that they adapted every series of Super Sentai. Oh, and this was the one that made him realize maybe that's not practical because there's like fifty odd episodes of a Super Sentai series, twenty of Power Rangers. It's a bit tough to condense fifty into twenty episodes. Yeah, it's also not very now, smart to try and do that sort of transfer over, is it? Yeah, but the thing is, is like, say, like you got the last episode series, and you got to, you got to have the last episode because you got to have the Zord fights and all this, and yeah. so they're going to use all their powers. 
So you've now got to try and fit in every single Zord that appears in that last episode retroactively through the series. Yeah. So you've got to make sure in 20 episodes you establish every single one of those Zords, which means in 20 episodes you're getting a new Zord every week and a new power, and it's just like no time to have them use them or earn them or anything. It's just... Have some more fucking Zords. Yeah, there's a... Oh, shit. There's one in the background in the last episode. That needs to fit Zords somewhere. Zords on fire. Yeah. And then it ends up with um, just a whole bunch of dubbed over lines just going, oh, yeah, you totally shouldn't turn up for a while. Go into hiding or some shit to explain why you're not going to see those characters in the next series. Oh, that's good. Um, just to hide them. That's just strong writing. And the thing is, is that I'm, I'm partway through Super Mega Force now, the second half of the series. Yeah. Which is based on my favourite Super Sentai series, Ghost Kaija. It's the only... Super Sentai series, the only Power Rangers series where I've seen the Super Sentai beforehand. Yeah. This is fucking, it's going weird. I don't like it. excited about it though. Well, I'm partway through it and they still haven't mentioned that they're pirates. Um, They're flying around in a pirate ship and they don't mention that they're pirates. Uh, But anyway, that series is a mess. Um, It's actually possibly worse than this one. So yeah, Megaforce, not good. Don't bother. Hmm. All right. Is it my review then? No one's going to bother watching Megaforce. Probably not. Probably not. And I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to bother watching any of these Power Rangers series. If I'm totally honest, I don't know what age our our audience is, but I'm sure they're enjoying. Pardon. My buddy Kev has started watching Power Rangers from the beginning. Well, there we go. I was wrong. Mm. I was instantly told, shown I was wrong. Right. Well, my first review is also a series this this week. I watched a series on Amazon. Surprise, surprise. I watched oh. I believe it was six, but it may have been eight episodes of uh, Bonding. Bondage. Bonding. That's well, not bondage. Amazon, it's on Netflix. Netflix. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. Oops. Fucking uh, idiot. Don't even know yeah. what you're watching. Sorry. So, uh, so it's a series about a dominatrix who, uh, who is also a psychology student. Dominatrix was one of the Transformers from Beast Wars, right? Well, there you go. There you go. Review over. Perfect. Mm. Tom Atkins. <laughs> No, it's a it's a, it's a series about a dominatrix, a comedy series about a dominatrix who uh, who and her and her weird characters that she meets throughout her days doing dominatrix work. Um, it's fairly entertaining. It's very twee. There's a hint at a darker a darker narrative in the next season if they get a second season or if it's just abandoned completely. Um, there is a character in the first episode that we see being ejected out of like a. A bondage club ejaculated out of e- ejected mm. uh, he he has apparently been getting rough with one of the girls and is uh, well he's just a bit of a psychopath and he he's seen very briefly in the first episode he makes eye contact with one of the main characters and then again in the last episode he comes back and cleverly cleverly uh, they make him they make him sort of like the big bad for the series in only one episode in one mm. interaction so every episode is kind of like a client that you meet yeah and then the final one is this guy who immediately starts taking control of the situation in a negative way. And then in doing so, reveals himself to be that character from the first episode. <gasps> but it's it's a nice thing where when you finally get to see that it's him, it's they just replay that scene from the beginning because, you know... Fuck no, it. it's going to remember. It's eight, yeah. episodes, eight episodes. No one yeah. remembers that. And it's very close. Well, it, it, they're half an hour each and by the time you've gone from one to the other, you've got three hours between... Yeah. I mean, you're going to forget characters, especially when it's a throwaway thing like that. I mean, you could... I don't think in your mind you, you instantly go, oh, God, I need to remember that in a comedy show. Maybe yeah. in, like, a mystery fucking... Like, in Lost or something like that, you're like, oh, maybe I need to remember that. But in this, obviously, you don't have that same the mindset. show ends with them all awake in a church. Yeah. No, 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 it just... It, it ends with Go them, to limbo. 
it's it's a really really weird thing throughout all they're building this relationship between these two people and then other characters sort of flit in and out and it's about the two growing and accepting their situation sort of learning who they are and how they got to that place um, but they do it sort of separately which is mm-hmm. nice and at the end you realise that oh they are friends for a reason they came together because of these circumstances or whatever circumstances and it's and it, it's you know it's more it's a more natural program than I was expecting it to be it is a comedy program still but it, the way that people act and the way that situations occur it feels a little bit more uh, human than most they're not all cartoons no everyone's a cartoon there's one character that, no one's a cartoon <laughs> there's one character whose fetish is he likes to be tickled and his wife doesn't like to do it because she doesn't like the noise he makes I don't know if it's because it's emasculating or whatever she's like laughs maybe uh, so uh, so that's like a, a that's probably the only moment that I'd say is, is unrealistic and she even has a realistic realistic um, response to that situation in that she wants to lash out. She wants to be able to hurt someone physically because she doesn't understand. She doesn't understand it and the confusion's bubbled up over the years because she initially tried to accept that that was his fetish, tried to, you know, perform that on him and couldn't do it and then sought out a way for him to achieve whatever it's he tickling. needed to. It's hardly frigging weird but I know, but people are weird about that sort of thing, dude. Like tickling... Because it is emasculating, and some people are into the whole idea of a man's meant to be a man sort of thing. So if they see their partner who they've designed yeah. or they've imagined is fucking this... Americans, man. Yeah, Americans. It's always Americans. They're all fucking nuts. They can't just accept that people are incredibly diverse and interesting puzzles to learn and, and help solve rather than just be... That guy, don't kink shame the guy. Exactly. You know? exactly. I mean, if he wants to be tickled till he spunks. Look, right, we know what you're saying. Aren't you? you hate Americans, they're all cunts. Fine. I think that's a bit of a harsh thing to say, but... It's hardly it. a Serbian film situation going <laughs> anyway, on. Anyway, it's fine. It's really, it's it really is fine. It passes very quickly, and in terms of the comedy, there's some parts that make you laugh, and other parts that you're just a bit like, huh? It's um, nowhere near as weird as the last series I watched that had a gay gay protagonist, which was that Now Apocalypse program that just devolved into butt fucking every every five seconds. Apocalypse Now? No, it's Now Apocalypse is the name of the programme. Oh. I know. I made the mistake when I was reviewing it before, because I only watched the first episode. After that, I was like, I'm not intrigued enough to continue this. No. Um, but the first episode starts with butt-fucking, and then ends with two guys giving each other a handjob in an alley as they discover a lizard man raping a homeless person. Oh, sweet. And, like, in my head, I was like, I'm, I would watch the next episode, but I've got a feeling that they're not going to do anything about that lizard and plus man. Plus the weird boners. And they'll probably like... go back to just hand jobbing in alleys. Yeah. And apparently they did, so I don't think I've missed out anything there. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, um, Bonding. It's not great, but it's not terrible. It's a really, really twee series. I think anyone could really watch it. I don't think it's overly sexual, so really, anyone can you check it out. You love overly sexual stuff. I give it Jennifer Aniston. You get weirded out by anime. I do get weirded out by anime stuff but I I think that my problem is that I think that you as an anime viewer would classify anime as a diverse genre and you have different sex and different there's only one genre of anime it's Naruto (laughs) but I think that I think that that's how you think of it but my problem is that separating out someone wanking on the corpse of a girl in between fighting giant evas <laughs> Shinji's messed up <laughs> I mean in my head as soon as that happened I was like uh ew yeah Shinji's messed up that's the whole point of the know, series I know he's messed up but it's still but like... the end civilization ends because he doesn't want to get in the fucking yeah, I know. yeah and I but that is again, because he can't be asked. we've had <laughs> we have had the discussion before on how much I hate cryboy emo uh 
anime stuff. Hey, Fly Boy's got an abusive dad. <laughs> I know, no, I know, I know all of that. But the problem is when the world comes, when the world's coming to an end, and you've got some choices to make, even if it if it results in your demise, just make a choice. Yeah, but wank over a coma oh, yeah, wank patient. Over a dead body first. She's not dead. She's in a coma. I wank over a coma patient. Jesus first. Christ! Have you even paying attention to Neon Genesis clearly, Evangelion? He wanted to live life. End of Evangelion specifically. Yeah, whatever. And your review? Just didn't understand its themes. Oh yeah, that was it. My review. Yeah. Right, something completely different now. Uh, Come and ride a decade. Yeah. I watched it. Um, Jesus. Got through it quite quickly. Yeah, actually. how many episodes? It's only 31 episodes. Jesus Christ. It's the shortest. Christ. Shortest Carmen not- Rider uh, series. That. Carbon Rider. Carmen. Carmen Rider. Not, <laughs> Riding Carbon. Not Cayman Rider, as DJ Slope called it in his one of his videos yeah, you recently. You kick off, you tell him. Freaking kids today. Anyway, Common Rider Decade was the 10th anniversary of the High Sire. Because you know there's like the massive gap in the middle where the only yeah. thing that happens is a couple of movies and Shin Carbon Rider. Yeah. Fucking classic. Um, but there's a High Sire started in 2000 with Cougar and goes through decades, the anniversary one. And it's meant to be a celebration of the past 10 years of Carmen Rider. Um, and it's a bit weird how they do this. So the theme is there's a guy who's called uh, Sukasa, Sukaba, I forgot, Decade. Um, <laughs> He's like a photographer and every photo he takes is weird. And he's got it in his head that he doesn't belong to the world he's in. That until he finds his right world, like as if he's a dimensional traveller, um, he'll like take the photo and it'll look right and then he'll know he's in his right world. Okay. Some weird thing. Everyone complains about his photos. But they're quite arty. I quite like the look of them. Um, and everyone's like, don't be so fucking weird, mate, innit, you weirdo. And then all of a sudden, monsters come out of fucking everywhere and the world gets attacked and there's, like, dimensional portals and shit. Yeah. Um, so, oh, maybe he's got onto something here. Um, and in the process, one of the girls who works at the photo studio that he works at, well, I say works at, you know, tolerate him there, um, she's called Natsumi, who's, like, ridiculously gorgeous woman, like, un- unbelievably Natsume. gorgeous. Natsumi-chan. Or Natsumelon, as one of the other characters starts calling her. They did a good pun there. Good, good pun with an understanding of English and Japanese language. Well done. Um, so she finds a decade driver and gives it to him. And the decade driver, it's kind of like in Gokaija where they can turn, you know, they could turn into the old rangers. Um, he has cards and he can turn into the old Carmen riders, but all the cards go blank. And he's told that, oh, you're going to destroy the world. There's like nine worlds colliding together. And when they collide together, the dimensions are going to destroy each other and everyone will be dead. This is the one dressed as Mrs. Claus. No, what? What is this? I don't know where that one's from. But, um, so the thing is, is like... Oh, it's Kamen Rider Wizard. That's Wizard, that's late, that's another thing. Um, so yeah, they, they believe that Decade's going to be the one that brings about the destruction of the galaxy. There's like a guy called Narutaki who keeps turning up, he's some sort of interdimensional being. Um, and what happens is, Decade goes back to the Photoshop, they pull down the the big old, you know, those background things, you have yeah. Photoshop's. They pull it down and it transports them to another dimension. And the studio looks different when they're outside it. And he, when he walks out, he's got clothes that match whatever dimension they're in. And each dimension is based on a previous Carmen Rider series. Okay, but it's only based on. This is the weird thing with the series. Um, they're not actually going to the previous the worlds that the previous series is based on. Okay, um, so every single cast member is different. Like you, the only things that are the same. Some general idea of the theme of that show, the setting, but all the cast are different. They're all different characters. They've all got different names. They've all got different settings and, you know, plans and stuff like that. So it's really weird. The thing that makes that awkward, though, is that in the first episode, one of the actual previous Carmen Riders turns up and says, Decade, you, it's all your fault, mate. 
you're going to cause the end of the world. And that's a bit weird to set up with one of the actual actors from a previous oh. series oh. and then have, like, different people. Have you found her, have you? Yeah. Yeah, which one? Uh, is that her? Yeah, that's the alternate dimension version of her from another episode. Okay. But um, but that's her. That's her normally. Yeah. Very attractive. Yeah, I can ridiculous. confirm. There's an episode podcast. where someone starts following her, trying to get her to become a model, and oh, she's really? like, "Fuck off, mate." Um, but yeah, they um they travel to all these different worlds. Each episode is like two episodes based in each world, and it's kind of like Quantum Leap. He like goes to the world with some problem, he solves the problem. The cards that allow him to turn into that rider. She looks a lot like turn up. Now. And he's like, boom, okay, I'm going to go. Like that's a modern picture. Mm. Um, but yeah, he like he saves the world, gets a card to allow him to turn into some stuff. Um, and then halfway through the series, it takes a turn. He's travelled to those nine previous worlds. Now he starts travelling to new worlds. But then it just gets even more confusing because occasionally there's the actors from the previous one, but sometimes they're in a different world that's not quite theirs. And it's like, yeah. what's going on? It's like sliders. Yeah, it's weird. Ultimate like the ending stuff. of sliders. Yeah. Um, do you remember? Do you remember Sliders? Yeah. Do you know they went back to their home world in like the second series? Yeah, they go back and they um, he opens the gate yeah, and it doesn't and squeak. And someone's oiled it. Yeah, ah! <laughs> that was his thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they never go back like, again. Yeah, they never go back. They never found their way home. No. Like Sam Beckett in Quantum Leap. Well, yeah, <laughs> because they had that thing at the end, didn't they? Where it's yeah. like, but he appeared in something as a throwaway gag. He was the voice of um, the dad in Source Code. He was, but no, yeah, there was... which there was, was basically Quantum Leap. There was another thing where he he um, he basically played the thingy and he, he dials in for Al. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Al appears. But what yeah. was it? They were both really no, old. No. I'm going to... Okay, you keep going. I'm going to I'm gonna quickly Google Quantum... It's probably Family Guy. Probably. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, it gets a bit weird in the second half of the series where he's going to new worlds that... Like, there's some that are like based on old Kamen Rider stuff, so it's a bit weird, but some of them have got their own themes going on. He goes to Carmen Rider Black World, which is the one that... You remember Mars Rider in the 90s? Yeah. That was the show that Mars Rider was based on. And that one's got the original actor. That's weird. Mm. So it's just it's just odd. It's a bit of a mixed bag because they sometimes they've got the real car, sometimes they haven't. Um, the only one of those series I've seen is Kabuto. So that was the only one that was a bit odd for me. Apparently Carmen Rider fans hate it because, you know, it's none of the original cast. And it's like, you know, the show has a, a nostalgia for the costumes and not the characters. This is a bit odd, but I was fine with it. I quite liked all the different dimensions. I thought it was a neat way of doing things. It just wasn't... I can understand how it's totally weird, though, and a bit odd. Especially seeing as one of them is the actual cast. Just strange. Um, but they're, they're, those individual two-parters stand out. They're really fun. They're enjoyable. They've all got their own little themes. There's a little kid with funny 70s hair who becomes a bat Carmen rider. Uh, um, the Hibiki episode I really enjoyed. Hibiki's a series that Kamen Rider fans don't like and some people love it because it's not very Kamen Rider like it's really serious and dark and it's all about they have Oni forms and demons and they use ma- they use music to transform Yeah. so like instead of having a rider belt he's got like a tuning fork and smacks the tuning fork and puts it to his head and it turns him into this Oni looking thing it doesn't look like a Kamen Rider and the episode ends with them like knocking a giant crab over and they fucking play music to destroy it like one of them's got a trumpet another one's got a guitar a bunch of them have got drums <laughs> They're like beating it down. It plays like this whole musical number that goes on for like three minutes to defeat this crab. And it's like... <laughs> I think you've shown me that. Yeah, that it's one. a freaking yeah. awesome finale to the episode. Like, I I love that. I thought it was great. Um, the weird thing is the series just ends. Like, it ends with with every, all the riders having a big old war and decades seemingly going evil. And then it just ends. 
and you have to watch a movie that came out a few months later called Kamen Rider Decade and Double Rider War, some other thing, bollocks, um, which isn't really a movie. It's like an episode of Decade, an episode of Double, and at the end they get together and fight the monsters and save the day. But um, that movie's weird. Decade's evil. He's killing all the riders. He's accepted his fate, and he's going around killing everyone. Oh, so basically it's one of those things where they spun it so that his fate is that if he was he actually told does that, go evil. <laughs> he, if he was told yeah. that, he would eventually give up and give in to all the stress of it all, mm. and then eventually become evil. Okay, I get but it. But the thing is, it's clear that that was the finale that was meant to happen in the series. Because the whole way through the series, it's stuff like um, they say, Natsumi, you're the only one who can stop Decade and you know, you're going to destroy the Gallic world decade. It's all your fault and all this sort of stuff. Um, and it does actually, that that final, that thing in that movie is literally what would be a final episode normally. Yeah. Um, she ends up getting a bat form from one of the Kiva bats from Kamen Rider Kiva. Yeah. So you get a female Kamen Rider, which is actually a lot of female Kamen Riders in this series yeah. from the different dimensions, which is rare for Kamen Rider. They have an aversion to women being riders mm. for some reason. Except in Wizards. No, Wizards got one. Mm-hmm. Femme, I think she's cool. Is she called Femme? Might be. No, Femme's actually Natsumi's form. Um, and she kills Tsukaba a decade. And then they find a photo and they're able to bring him back as a good person again. And they save the day and defeat the evil villains that were manipulating the entire thing. Jesus. All sorts of shit happens. And they got like nice 70s style monsters because the villains are like meant to be the villains from the 70s yeah. series. They're like Toho. Brought back. So they're like properly stupid costumes and shit. That's cool. It is ridiculous. Um, I do love the 1970s like big long hair and weird makeup and big rubber mask with just a little bit of face coming through it. Um, I love all that stuff. One of the villains is dressed as a wasp woman. She's just got spandex on and a stinger. The wasp? Yeah, possibly. But um, I don't think the series is as bad as people make it out to be. Loads of people hate it and I enjoyed it. I thought it was weird. I thought it was fun. It's nonsense. I thought it was a fun way to jump through different things every two weeks and keep shaking up the... Does it have a video bridge. again? Uh, there's actually like there's a bunch of Kamen Rider fighting games that come over here in Japan and mm. he's always like on them um, they're like you know those Namco is a fighting game series I think the only ones come out here is that Gundam Breakers I think it was called or something okay the one where it's like a 3D arena fighting yeah, game yeah, yeah. they do a Kamen Rider game like that like pretty similar um, it's been going for years now there's one on Switch and PS4 I think something like that um, but yeah Decade it's it's weird it's not the best one out of the lot. I mean, I've seen four Kamen Rider series now, and this is probably the weakest one. But um, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's fine. It's not overtly awful. It's not Power Rangers Mega Force bad. And yeah. And uh, Natsumi Chan is cute. So Very attractive. Yeah. Anyway, you've got to review your... Uh, my next thing. Second thing. Yeah, so uh, this this month I've seen... I'm mostly going to be doing films and series because I'm just depressingly void of other media at this moment in time. But uh, next month's going to be... Uh, strap yourselves in because I'm going to be reviewing a lot of Switch games. Anyway, this month uh, I did manage to play something. I played something a lot. Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, that's my Super Mario Odyssey. That is your Super Mario Odyssey. You lent it to me very kindly. I finally got around to playing it for quite a few hours. Mm. Holy shit, it's good. Do you know what it reminds me a lot of? Good Banjo Kazooie. That's right. It Dumb. reminds me. Reminds me a lot of Good Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. And I don't like. I think my problem. It's not got as much to collect as Banjo Kazooie. No, no. They're a lot smarter with the way to collect. They mm. they have like collectibles and stuff. And also, 
they they don't do the stupid thing where it's like, oh, there's one you don't know about. So when you've got like 50 of something, that's it. You've got 50 of it. With the musical note challenges, you hit a note, you see all the notes appear, you just do the challenge. And the same with time challenges. Like everything's everything's just really well balanced and really well designed. Yeah. And that's kind of expected. If you go back to a, um, an area where there's like a moon, it'll tell you if there's another one you yeah. still need to get. And there's yeah. like, if you look at the map, there's silhouettes, like there's circles where there's a challenge that can mm. get you a moon. Yeah, you need to really finish nice. it to get them all though. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's it's just really fucking good. Yeah. If this was the if if it wasn't Breath of the Wild that was released at the time of the Switch being released, it was this. Yeah. I think the numbers could have been even higher. Yeah, because it was it's just so good. The Nintendo tend to overdo a Mario and Zelda close to launch and then do yeah. another one, another one later, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they tend to do one at the beginning, and one at the back end. Yeah, that's what they did with um, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, when are we going to get a remake of Skyward Sword? Hopefully never. Like, no one likes yeah. Skyward Sword. I haven't played it. I haven't played it because it's really expensive still. They could do it for Switch, but it'd have to. You'd have to make it use Joy Cons only. Yeah, unless they change the way it plays. Well, you would just need to make one the nunchuck and one the. Well, no, because it's all about the whole by- core mechanic in Skyward Sword. Yeah, but shield is sword. Yeah, but you have to do slices in particular directions to oh, defeat enemies. Right. So there's a whole bunch. You'd have to have motion controls, or you'd have to have some sort of Metal Gear Revengeance style. Oh, like button. angling your yeah sword thing. Okay, so it'd be tricky. But anyway, anyway, that's besides the point. Super Mario Odyssey, really fucking good. Like, it's hard to say anything that hasn't already been said. And you yourself have reviewed this for the podcast. And I just think that it's, once again, it's more evidence that Nintendo are just, they're the, they're the guys who know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. There's no days gone with Nintendo. It's always a Yoshi or a Super Smash Bros. Ultimate or a fucking, or even Super Mario Bros. U for the Switch. You know, all that stuff works. Hmm. They kind of just know what the fuck they're doing at this point. Yeah, they need to bring fucking 3D World to switch though well Wii U one. did you hear that um, uh, Super Mario Maker 2 was planned to have 3D World levels no it's got free, it has got 3D it World it has theme. got 3D World levels yeah. in it okay yeah, it's got 3D World theme it's like um, yeah you can't it's not a theme that you can switch over from the other ones though you have to actually it, it'll completely erase whatever level you're making if you turn it on oh okay yeah. I'm, I'm still surprised that uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker was released but they didn't transfer over 3D Land as well yeah but I think 3D Land was not well received because the Wii U. No, people love 3D Land. Yeah, I know, but it wasn't well, well received as in nothing like, was sold on the Wii U. No, yeah, it didn't sell very well. Um, and the best selling really... Wii U game is Mario Kart 8, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the best selling Switch. game. No, no, no. The best selling Wii U game is Super Smash Bros. No, I'm pretty sure Mario Kart beats it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, yeah, it's it's almost perfect. There are a few bits and pieces that I don't like. Um, I I think that the camera, if they did what they did with the other Mario games and they made it so that the camera angle is like they've designed it no matter where you are there's sort of an angle that works um, because sometimes it does go off on its own little mad mad go you've not been playing with the Joy-Cons attached though have you? no you should play with the Joy-Cons attached oh really? yeah because you literally can't do a bunch of the moves without the Joy-Cons yeah you can you just do the you move the thing work. a lot it doesn't matter uh, but almost it will almost, when you're trying to get all the moons almost perfect mm. Um, I, I would give it a Tom Atkins, but it's not quite there. It is very much racist. It is very much a uh, a Kate Blanchett. It's a classy affair. I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna keep playing it, but I think that I think that I've I've think that I'm gonna have to push out stuff 
but we're gonna have to say goodbye to it. You haven't finished it yet, though, have you? I haven't finished it. No, Jesus it's still Christ. a few more levels. I'm, you haven't I'm, even got to the moon. I know. Uh, still a few more bits to go. But you got to the food to... kingdom. Pardon? You got to the food kingdom I yet? I think so. Yeah. You'd know if the food one. kingdom is full of food. I can't remember what the last level I got, and I haven't played it today. You've done New Donk City? Yes. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome. New Donk City. New Donk City is really awesome. Um, one of my favourite levels in the game. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest. That moped is a work of art. Well, the moped. Oh, well, you yeah. chased by the dinosaurs and shit. Yeah, the moped that they've like, and also the le- like. You know, New Donk City. You've got like the park up. Mm. You've got like a place where you can basically take the moped and park it on like a higher yeah. up, so you can launch yourself up. That's just that's just no, that, genius. New Donk City is amazing. The way it, like. It's all dark and miserable when you get there, and you got to fight bad guys and stuff like that. And it's like it's under siege and stuff. And then you do the setup, you do all that, and you fix it, and you do save the day. And then from then on, there's no bad guys in New Donk City. It's just a place to explore and have fun in and jump around. It's a platform in heaven, and you get to see that whole celebration sequence, which is just chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, really fucking good. Um, and I like the little cameos by people. You got Toad hidden away in levels and things like that. And- you the little stickers from Mario Maker. You know, just bits and pieces hidden all over the place. Really fucking good. Uh, I don't think you've unlocked a record player, music player yet, have you? I'm not sure. No, I think when you, I think you don't get it till you finish the game. You can start playing whatever music you want on the level. Really? Um, and it's got like the Japanese versions of a bunch of the songs. Um, there's a full-on anime song that plays during one of the far, final parts of the game. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, that game's fantastic, though. Oh, dong. No Mario, Mario shot. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, your review, man. Fuck, uh, Shira season two. What? Shira season two. Oh yeah, yeah, that's happened. Um, it's really short. It's only seven episodes. They they forgot to do more. Um, it's because of the incels, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how like Netflix has been splitting series recently. They've been doing a lot of like releasing the first half at one point in the year, second half later, like they did with Kimmy Schmidt in the yeah. last series. It feels like they've done that, but apparently the next series is season three, and it's coming out in August. But this series doesn't end. Um, it's more She-Ra, like the first series. The first series was fantastic. Enjoyed the shit out of that. Um, this one's got more, more She-Ra, more overt gayness, um, and all that sort of stuff. Everyone loves the gay shit. Yep. Um, straight up, Bo's parents are two dads. He's got two dads. That's a thing. It happens in it. Probably, you know, this like series is genetically engineered to annoy Annoying assholes. Um, but yeah, this it's weird. It's like... Because it's only seven episodes, there doesn't feel like there's much of a direction for it. There's like... There's plot threads set up that don't have any payoff because they're clearly doing a second half of the series. Yeah. Um, and it ends with a sort of cliffhangery thing, but it's more of like an omen for what's coming and stuff. But the main villain thread for it is more stuff with Catra, more stuff with her trying to prove herself as commander now that she's in supposed to be in charge of Hordak's army and stuff. Because um, uh, Web Spinner, whatever her name is, is in prison now. They've locked her up because she betrayed them and stuff. Mm. She failed them. You failed them. Um, yeah, and there's all sorts of stuff of like Hordak trying to build a portal, and he seems to be bonding with um, Entraptor because um, she's like really good at sciencey stuff. So he, she's been helping him out with all the sciencey shit. Um, but it, it ties, ties up some of the plot threads from the previous series, like the. The princesses of power didn't actually know that they left Entraptor behind. They thought she was dead. They thought she'd been killed. And now Entraptor's working with the Horde. And they're convinced that she's been, you know, she's been made to do that against her will. But really, she just likes that they've got all the tech and stuff. And she wants to do it. She's kind of morally all over the place, that girl. Um, 
there's a really good Dungeons and Dragons episode because every show has to have a Dungeons and Dragons episode now where they're trying to plot how they're going to attack and they're doing it with little pieces and you know they've all got their own ideas about how their team's represented and stuff like that. Um, Bowen Bo imagines them as being like the eighties Shira thing. Yeah. He's got this. They've all got the costumes from the eighties and he's got a mustache and Catra turns into a cat, but only because he couldn't actually had another figure. He just had a cat toy. So that's why she turns into a cat. But it's playing the Shira theme tunes. They're going. Is it? Have they changed the animation in any way? No, animation's great on that show. It's still as good as it was in the last series. Yeah. So the Intel's didn't win. They haven't no. made her all tall and skinny and weird. It's only in no. those those moments you just mentioned, the 80s stuff. No, they're still drawn the same way. Oh, they're still drawn the same way. Yeah, they're just okay. wearing the 80s costumes. All right. I so she's got does. like the 80s She-Ra costume and Bo's got the one with the frigging... He's got Bo's costume with his moustache and everything. Yeah. Everyone's got head pieces on. Um, um, yeah, but it's, it's, just, it's just fun is stuff. Is it just more SJW bullshit? Yeah, probably. Sure, why not? Um, I like they got a bit more... F- they, they bring in the other characters every now and again, like the ice... Girl, whatever name is, they got Mermister. Mermister. It's a weird Mermister? name. Yeah, Mermister. It sounds like a. It sounds like a D Mister. Yeah, but um, she's actually she blatantly like wants to be Shira. Okay. There's like a whole bunch of things where when they're doing the Dungeons and Dragon thing, she keeps claiming that she's going to transform into Mera or something. Like, there's all sorts of little little hints. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff with Scorpia, the Scorpion woman, because she's. Blatantly fancies the shit out of Catra. Yeah. But there's like a, there's an unbalanced relationship going on where Catra's basically doesn't give a shit. She's going to, she's going to treat her kindly sometimes, but in the end, she's only doing it to get what she wants out of it. So she's treating her mean to keep her keen. Yeah. And, you know, Scorpia's sort of struggling with that. And there's a couple of episodes where, there's an episode where um, her and the sea captain guy are like, having a bit of a bond because he feels like he's not being valued by the rest of the team. Yeah. He just wants to be seen as cool and they just seem to treat him as a fool. Mm. And they have a little bonding moment and then they fight and kick each other's asses. Oh. Um, but I like Scorpio. Scorpio's awesome. She like doesn't feel like she should be a villain. It's like she f- it seems like she's only a villain because Catra's there and she wants to hang around with her. Yeah. And there's loads of jokes where she can't handle stuff. There's just a running gag that she can't really control anything because she's, she's got, got slippery giant hands. fucking claws yeah. for hands. She's trying to control things and just dropping them all over the place. Like him. Running from, gags. Uh, from, from, uh, from Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls. Girls. yeah. Him. Yeah. Him. Him. Yeah, girl show. Like, uh, like, um, Wendell. No, was it Wendell? No, Wendell was the other one. Like, uh. What? I'm trying to think of a reference to Frisky Dingo. I don't talk about Frisky Dingo. No one likes Dingo Frisky Dingo. Enough. Everyone loves Frisky Dingo. It's a dead show. Bilbo T. Baggins. Bilbo tea. You yeah. love being teabagged. Here comes Wendell. Mm. I got these giant pants. Yeah, them good kicking pants. Yeah. But anyway, Shiro. Um, Are we going to Baybar's house? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it hasn't changed in any way, shape, or form. It's just continued. Bit. Yeah, it continued the straight on the last show. one. Yeah. Like you know, they they got like plot plot threads are being advanced, but because it's only seven episodes and it's quite clearly the first half of a series, not a full series. Yeah, they're just there's no real conclusions. Means. It doesn't really go anywhere. Just kind of ends. Um, but it's yeah, it's just weird because they are listing the next series as being season three, and it's like blatantly there's no climax. The final episode is like the Chira Glimmer and um, Bo visiting his parents. Oh, like. So that's like the last episode of the series. That's the finale. It's just a random, you know, having fun at the dad's house. Familiar the meeting. dads are all librarians and historians and well, that's good. all this sort of stuff. It's a little joke where, because they know they don't realise that they're 
They don't know Bo's in a rebellion. They think he's gone off to some academy to study histories, and he's told them, oh, yeah, Adora and Glimmer are all just like, you know, art students and stuff like that. But they find out that Adora can read the old one's language, mm-hmm. and one of them, one of his dad's got a tattoo. He says, what does that say? He says, lunch. It's like, oh. <laughs> he's got, so he had a tattoo, he thought meant something else. But, um, yeah, it's it's a fun old series. Still really good. It reminds me a bit of, like, Avatar The Last Airbender, a bit. Just how it's, it's more team-based now. Yeah, and the... Like all the action stuff is built around their conflicts as individual characters. It's not, it's not just the conflict happens for the sake of having an action sequence. It's because the characters have emotional links to each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, enjoyable. I'm, I'm hoping the portal that Hordak's going to open is going to lead to the He-Man world. I think that's what they're going to build to. Okay, um, and it's going to be the same and like weird animation from He-Man. I think if they're going to do He-Man, they should go super masculine. Like really, really overtly comedically masculine. So where he's like, it's almost, it's almost, uh, it's almost like, so masculine it's gay. Yeah, like a, like you know when Ren Stimpy would do this ultra realistic. Yeah, they just like all the veins. They just suddenly went, yeah, <laughs> like the episode with the uh, oh yeah. god, like the, you get the muscly guys and it's like their muscles yeah, are bulging with veins man. and shit. Yeah, yeah, they do like, that. Whenever they showed a shot of someone's ass, it had pimples and stuff. I want, I want whenever they animate He Man, I want him to have like a full on like ball sack. Like there, a little bit hairy, and I want it to have its own individual physics animation going on. So every time he moves, it just gives a little jiggle. We'll get the guys from Dead or Alive Beach Ball on it. Because the people who hate She-Ra would love that. Yeah. Make it super gay. So basically, the question I was going to ask is, is there any any semblance of action by the creators to appease those mad babies? No. No, not in slice. That's good. If anything, it's more gay than ever. Excellent. I mean, it doesn't end with a rainbow of... A rainbow tidal wave. Did you, uh, but, you did, know. did you hear that Arthur's going to get his first openly gay character who's going to marry a man? It happened already, Mr. Rathburn. Oh, did it Arthur. happen already? Yeah. Some some incel shit started kicking off about it and I was laughing about it earlier. <laughs> he started like going like, oh, it's look, it's, it's an agenda. It's an agenda. Gay people don't exist if you don't tell don't children tell they're about a gay, the gay people. agenda. It's meant to be a secret. Gay people can't, can't, you can't tell kids people can be gay. That makes their lives too easy if they know that homosexuality isn't bad. People know. are fucking stupid. Yeah. People are fucking stupid. Do you see the protests about... I? It's happened in Birmingham. It's happened in London. Oh, about teaching sex education yeah, in schools. Yeah, saying that, you know, sometimes a man... Right-wingers are trying man. to blame it on Muslims when really yeah. the people who seem to be outraged about fucking it happening are Christians. Christians. Yeah, like, my aunt doesn't like it. She doesn't like him teaching sex education once again, in school. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Christians comes with quotation marks because... Christians, mm. fucking idiots. Um, yeah, mm. it, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing because I was expecting the internet backlash, especially with a show like this. Um, you've got other shows like Steven well, Universe. This one went, came and went without anyone being too yeah. offended because they did all their offendedness out of the first yeah, series. All the first series they they're going to wait for the like, fun, that new Thundercats cartoon to start, aren't they? Yeah, when they've it's got right. those erections. When's, like, where's that coming? That's been a year and a half since there. the trailer, hasn't it? I don't care about that shit. Yeah. I want to watch it. I want to watch Thundercats because... Um, I was too young for all this stuff. Yeah. By the time it came about, I... Didn't you watch Thundercats in the 2000s? No, because I was too old. I was like 13 then. 13? Uh, yeah. Too old for too f- cartoons. Too busy stealing vodka. Yeah. Too old for cartoons when yeah. you're 13. When I was 13, me and Kev were watching Power Rangers. When I was 13, I was drinking. Oh, dear. Um, but, you know, for everybody's 13 is different. It wasn't quite the... Such a rebel. Well... Rebel. Started smoking when I was like 14, 15, so... Mm, such a rebel. No, just... I had a brother who, who went to prison a bunch of times. Anyway, and I grew up on a council a... estate, 
in oh, no. Woking. So a council estate. Look, there's a lot of access to. You live on a council estate. I know, but there's a lot of access to those things when you're a young, impressionable, oh, impressionable child. Anyway, on to is it my review? Sure, maybe you can have one if you want. I can have a review. Cool, yeah. excellent. Um, I'm going to review um, Batman meets or versus. I can't remember if it's meets or versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, the that's latest DC animated movie film. Yeah. Um, it's pretty weird. Not not especially great, but it was entertaining enough. Um, one of the most interesting things about it is that they find a way to bring together both Splinter, not Splinter, Shredder, and the Rogues Gallery fairly well. So basically, um, Baxter Stockman, a bunch of foot ninjas, and and Splinter, a sh- a Shredder, will come into Gotham and. At first, Batman's investigating it because obviously the turtles keep turning up in places where crimes are happening and stuff's being stolen. Mm-hmm. But it actually turns out that it's the foot and the turtles have been trying to stop them. Eventually, Batman finds this out and after a confrontation with Shredder, decides to team up with the turtles to help them stop Shredder from producing a machine that will infect everyone with a mixture of the TGRI gas and also Joker's Joker serum. It's day. Yeah. And also t- Joker's Joker serum because apparently that has an adverse effect. Um, and there's there's not much to say about these DC films. It doesn't apply to all of them at this point. They seem to make five million of them. They do, um, and they're always they're always quite good. They're always like, well, I say quite good. They're always fine. They're all they're all very um, PGified. I think stories. they've gone beyond when they used to be really good ones. So like when it was New Frontier, that was fantastic. Yeah. They just kind of seem to be just making them for the sake well, of it. Well, I mean, now. you've got Mask of the uh, you've got uh, Mask of the Red Hood, whatever it was. Under the Red Hood, yeah, that's like ten yeah. years ago. Though. Under the Red Hood, that was really good. And mm. then, yeah, you're right; they haven't really done fantastically. But I think that they're at a point now where they're making yeah, kiddier versions of mm. their of their more adult comics. I think Killing Joke aside, which was fucking weird, mm. um, you know, they're making the properties available to a whole new generation because not everyone reads comics. Like comics are are sort of declining in readership well yeah they are declining because people mostly watch the films now they just wait for the films but um, everything works really well in this it's all very bright it's all very fun Um, all of all of Batman's rogues gallery get transformed into mutant animal hybrids which is kind of cool and there's a really nice play on the scene so Donnie gets picked up by Bane and he tries to recreate the scene in which he broke Batman's back and he and he just power slams Donnie into his knee, and then his knee buckles underneath Donnie's shell, and he starts screaming. And I was like, "That's nice. That's a that's a cool little nod." And ball and all, yeah, really fun. Um, I I really enjoyed it. It's not it's not going to set the world on fire, and it's not going to be anyone's favorite film, but it's going to be it's going to be a good a good bit of entertainment if you're interested in either of those properties. It's got Batman like Brave and the Bold style looking yeah. Batman, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the cloth suit. It looks a bit like 60s Batman. They should do that on film, man. I'm yeah. freaking tired of the all black costumes. Um, all the, the voice, voice work's really good. The animation, um, it's better in action than it is in like the quiet moments mm. when they're talking. Um, but all it's weird all, they actually look like the regular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they didn't base them on the new cartoon, did they? Yeah. The new cartoon... The new cartoon's cool. It's just weird. It's, it's funnier, but yeah. it's the animation style's all flash animation. The designs aren't great, but, you know... It's funnier. It's way funnier than it has any right to be. Uh, But yeah, I I really liked it. I say I really liked it. I enjoyed it, um, but it's not, you know, it's not my favourite thing ever. Um, I think I'd give it a... I think I would give it a... Robert Pattinson. (laughs) It's not wrong, Robert Pattinson. 
He's been good in a lot of films. Look, nerds on the internet are obviously the bastions of Ugh. all quality. Uh, you know what? I am going to give it a Robert Pattinson. Fuck it. Because he's done some pretty good stuff, but he's also done some atrocious Cosmopolis stuff. is a weird film. I liked Cosmopolis. Ugh. Did you not? I don't say it's bad, so it's weird. <laughs> it is really weird. I like the scene where he goes and he wakes up his old barber at like one in the morning and makes him give him a haircut. Hmm. The ending for that is fucking weird. Where he asks the guy how his gun works. And then you find out that he may or may not have killed his driver, but then the car starts again when he gets in it. Fair enough. It's just weird, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I really like that. Was uh, directed by um, by um, the horror director David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, I am losing, it, aren't I? All right, and your review. What have I got to do a review? You got, you got one more. One oh, more. Shit. Right, something completely different. And now for something completely different. Yeah. So I finally finished watching uh, Kaito Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Kaisetsu Sentai Pata Ranger. Oh, God. What is yeah. this? What are we talking about? What's this? This was this? the 2018 Super Sentai series. Oh, was it? Yeah, it ended, um, ended uh, like a couple of months ago. Okay. But I haven't got around to it because I just wasn't keeping up. But um, um, how did you watch it? What's this available on? Just in case it's not available on anywhere because it's a Japanese show and you can't get them. Fuck! You sake. have to wait for people to subtitle these things. <laughs> yeah, because you, you know what Crunchyroll have really missed a beat there, haven't they? There's a there's like a, a thing in America called Toku, which is done by the people who run um, <coughs> uh, Pokemon. You know, Funimation or something. Oh, yeah. But they don't get any Super Sentai or Carmen Rider. They get a couple of series of Ultraman. That's it's weird. weird. Um, there's no way to get them outside Japan. Okay. The only the only stuff's been released is the stuff Shout Factory have released from the nineties, um, which <sighs> really, they've done good on those though. But um, yeah, Lupin Ranger vs. Patrick Ranger. This they've been trying to shake up Super Sentai for the last few years. Yeah, you like, can tell because I mean, you know, it's what color are the Rangers in this one? There's right, fucking okay. Shut it. Give me the colors. No, right. Give me the colors: give black, the... yellow, no, pink, no, blue, no, red, no, white. Blue, purple, no, orange, no. green. So the theme is... Yeah. Right. So Kaito, Japanese for thief. Yep. So it's Kisatsu cops and robbers. It's Japanese for police. Yeah, it's cops and robbers. It's cops and robbers. There's this is the one two, I saw some of. There's two separate teams. Yep, yep. Lupin Rangers and Pata Rangers. Yep. And the Lupin Rangers, they lost some close family members, friends. They all vanished and all okay, this sort of stuff. Okay, Like and Like the leftovers. They're trying to collect up the pieces of the Lupin collection. Like the leftovers. Like Lupin the third. Like leftovers, okay. No, it's Lupin. As in the thief, the master thief. Oh, right. You know. Yeah. Casa Cagliostro and all that. Played by, was it Donald Sutherland in the uh, Simpsons? No, probably, I don't know. Where. But and he was no, also like Pussy Hands and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. What? Donald it's Sutherland like, I've got cat-like him. reflexes. And it's yeah. like, oh, we'll call him Pussy Hands. It's like, no, not Pussy Hands. Can you call me Pat yeah. for Hands? It's like, nah, Pussy Hands. It's nothing to do with anything. Oh, okay. So they're trying to collect the pieces up. And all the monsters have a safe in them. They've got a safe like embedded in and whatever piece they've got gives them some power. Okay. And the aim is they have to use their things to unlock the safe. They put it on and it goes, one, four, eight, or whatever, and mm-hmm. they unlock the safe. Meanwhile, the police are trying to stop the thieves, even though the Lupin Rangers haven't been stealing from anyone other than the monsters. I mean, you'd think that wouldn't be really be a problem. They'd probably encourage it. But then again, vigilantes. They probably could have just said, you're vigilantes, that's illegal. Um... But the Pata Rangers are intending to destroy the monsters. So the thing is, is that the Lupin Rangers need all the pieces of the collection. They can't let the police destroy the monsters before they get the collection piece. So they get some conflict going on there. Because, you know, they've got to get to the piece before the police destroy the loop, the collection and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Nice little dichotomy going on there. And there's three members on each team. I like three member teams on Super Sentai. That doesn't happen too often. It's good stuff. And the thing the show does really well is just conflict balancing. Like, it it ditches a whole bunch of the usual Super Sentai stuff that they tend to do with every series where they build up the villains and all this sort of stuff. Like, the villains are barely developed at all. They only have, like, probably two or three encounters with the main villain before the end of the series. What does the main villain become? Um, he's just a guy called Don Amigo. He's just a crime lord. A big crime old lord? Crime lord guy. Just a big monster. Yeah. Weird looking monsters. Um, all the monsters are weird. Um, there's a guy who's, he chomps on ice called Zamigo. He's got like a Mexican theme. He says adios. <laughs> and he's he's got just like, on ice. Imagine like a frosty Mexican. Yeah. Um, and he freezes people in ice and their ice shattered. So you're led to believe that everyone that missed that, you know, they're missing is dead. Like that they shattered them and they're going to get the pieces to bring them back to life. Um, but there's plot twists, ahoy, later. Um, but yeah, the conflicts, the way conflicts come up is really cool because there's stuff like where they end up having to work together because they can't defeat the monster unless they get the piece out from him, but the police can't really be seen to work with the thieves because the thieves are thieves. Mm. It's legal. Um, and then a little spanner's thrown into the work a little later. They introduce the sixth ranger to the team called Noel, and he's like a silver thief character. Yeah. But he's also working with the police. He's the gold police officer and he can switch between the two whenever he wants. So, yeah, normally most shows would keep that a secret from the teams, wouldn't they? They'd be like, oh, who's this mysterious Silver Ranger? And who's this mysterious Gold Ranger that's on the police? And then reveal, it's the same person. Dun, dun, dun. But no, right from the start, he's just like, yeah, I'm on both sides. You two should be working together. You fucking clowns. Work together. And they were like, no, we can't work together and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but the stuff they maintain for the whole series that most shows would have avoided, like the police never find out who the Lupin Rangers are until right at the end of the series when it gets into the last like three, four episodes for the climax. Yeah. Um, which most shows would have given up on that part way through and probably had them working together at some point. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, they avoids all that stuff. Um like I say, none of the villains are really fleshed out too much. There's only one or two of them that get much of a backstory and it's focused mostly on just the conflicts between the two teams. Um, and that's all really well done. Um, like I say, I'm, it's, it's shocking how well the conflicts between the teams are done. It's just lots of layers, interpersonal relationships between the two. The police become frequenters of the Lupin Rangers Cafe where they work during the day. The Lupo Cafe. Yeah, it's called Café Jure. It's a French-themed cafe. Because um, Lupin, French thief. Um, so they become friends with the thieves without knowing that they're the thieves. And they start having friendships together and all this sort of stuff. Um, so there's all sorts of all sorts of conflicts building up. Um, like I say, the only real thing is the villains don't get fleshed out. That's the only thing that really bothers me. Um, there is some weird stuff like every single Lupin collection piece is like a prop from a previous Super Sentai series. Probably That's pretty from, I See, I like the yeah, idea of that. It's budget saving, I guess. But at the same time, that yeah. is... That shows that you've got some respect for the history. Yeah, but the weird thing is, is that at first it's not too obvious. It's kind of just like random little things here and there. But by the time you get towards the end of the series and one of the characters is put in a palette swap version of Saba from the White Ranger's sword from Power Rangers. Yeah, the little, the little lion face. <laughs> rah, rah, yeah, rah, rah. yeah, by the time they put in that inside a chair safe, it's a bit bit obvious. Um, they like There's one of them where it's like, oh, this monster can smell stuff really well when they open it. It's the Wolf Morpher from Jungle Fury Yeah, from Geki Ranger. Um but that's, you know, it's all fun and games. It's all silly stuff. You know, whatever. There's, they've literally just taken the toys and oh, I'm painting that bit green, purple, red, whatever. Fuck it. Hmm. Um, but it's not an anniversary series, so it's a bit of a weird thing to do. 
No, it's not an anniversary series. I don't but think it necessarily has to be an anniversary no. series to pay homage to that stuff. It's yeah. really got so much history. It's fun. It's fun though. Yeah. And considering they've got lots of those props lying around, you might as well use them for something. Exactly. And considering you've got two teams who could probably bigger budget than usual. Um, action sequences. There's something. Um, when the Lupin Rangers fight, they have like a drone that they use as a camera. So the drone's flying around during the action. It will swoop underneath the character's legs and fly around the monsters and all this sort of stuff. So you get this slick movement going on. And when the Patter Rangers fight, it's all handheld camera. So it's like a cop thing where it's all like boom, boom, boom. And they fight more directly. Lupin Rangers are all flips and tricks. But when the Silver Gold Ranger comes in, Mm -hmm. when he's a Silver Ranger and he's a Thief Ranger, it's all handheld camera style. He fights in a different style. The direction's different. When he turns into the gold platter ranger, he does more flamboyant movements and it turns into the drone stuff. And it's like they're mixing together the two different styles of how their actions so framed. It's a bit like Gareth Edwards and the way that he does the raid and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's like each team has its own theme for how its action looks. But the silver ranger flips them okay. to show that he's on both sides all the time. Which is like a neat... That's like a nice direction yeah. technique being When used. it comes to the powers, like how have they received those powers? Because you, the, you say there's cops and robbers. There's, and the cops can't let the people know that they're working with the robbers, but they are working together. They've got the same basic morphers. They all come from the Lupin collection. So where did, but, but who gave them to um, them? There's a guy called Kogur, who's the one who offers the thieves the chance to get their family back. Yeah. And Noel works for the organisation that makes the Lupin collection pieces. Okay. So, because he works for the police, he's the one who secretly gives them what okay. they need to have their reign, the powers. And his whole idea is he wants them to work together to save the day. Um, but even when you get to the finale, there's no moment where all sev- seven of them are mm. working together at the same time. They're all, like, having their own individual battles going on. Um, so it's like they still keep the team separate to a certain extent. Do they both have their own Zords? Yeah, there's, like, basically... They've got individual vehicle zords, <laughs> but the me. central piece is a sentient flying car thing. Okay. And that thing's called, um, what's his fucking name? Good Striker. They call him Goody. And he just, on a whim, decides who he's going to team up with. So the thieves could defeat the monster, and he'll be like, hey, I'm going to help the police blow the giant monster up. Catch you later, guys. Um, they eventually get to the point where they're combining the the thief and the um, police swords together yeah. to make like a super mega sword that's, you know, one of those giant ones that the actor can barely move in yeah. and it just becomes CGI. But there's like a brilliant one where the, both the Red Rangers are in the cockpit and they're constantly arguing with each other because they can't get on. So Good Striker just like goes, right, that's it. You are going in the foot. And he just sends him down to the foot and brings one of the other ones up oh. to the top. So it's just like, not bad. Yeah, he's like, fucking stop messing around. we got to just defeat this monster. Um, but yeah, I love the swords. Like the, Silver and Gold Ranger Zords is two trains. They like cross together. He's called Lupin X, Patron X. Yeah. And his trains mix together into an X shape. Yeah. And then turn into a robot. Okay. And it's like silver at the top, gold at the bottom. But when he wants to turn to the police sword, it does like a handstand and the hands become the feet and the legs become the arms. And he's got guns all over it and that's the police one. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. It's like this nice, nice idea with the Zord just doing a flip and it turns into a different Zord. Yeah. Um, and I love how they combine. It's There's... The combinations are a bit sort of like modern thing where it's just like there's no distinct individual Zord because they're just all sorts of bits being stuck together. It loses a bit of design. But um, yeah, it's fucking enjoyable shit though. Like I almost brought a bunch of the toys when I was at the Comic Con last year (laughs) because I just saw them and was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Um, It sounds sounds um, a lot more interesting than the generic just let's forget what happened before and start again. The Lupin Rangers have capes. Really? Five stars. Nice. Fucking love capes. All right. But I do like that there's, you know, you've got three, you've got a red, blue, pink, 
no, red, green, pink police, red, blue, yellow thieves. Yeah. Two red rangers in the show. I was kind of expecting one of the red rangers to die, and that would be what forces them to work together. Because then you'd have a complete traditional Super Sentai team. Yeah, or someone gets kidnapped. And, yeah, like, they but it never to... happens. They just yeah. they just keep the team dichotomy going. I mean, Noel's well, quite cool. They do kind of, but they mm. sort of yeah. Yeah, but the gold the gold Silver Ranger, the guy who plays him like super flamboyant, plays his character as a little bit camp, maybe a bit gay. Who knows? Um, but he does all this parkour shit, and it's him. It's not a stunt double. Like, he's constantly, like, leaping over things and, you know, doing flips and all sorts of shit. And he's doing it in camera as himself. And that's, like, pretty impressive. they got yeah. someone who can do that shit. There's a whole parkour sequence in one episode. And they're doing, like, slow motion shots of him leaping over things and doing, like, flips and stuff. And they keep making sure you can see it's him doing the stunt. Um, and that's how someone figures out his identity in one episode. Christmas special. Christmas special is fucking amazing. And that's so, where someone finds out his identity. No, no, no. It's, it's just a thing. But you know the Christmas... You know in Japan, they have that weird thing where they go to KFC for Christmas? Yeah. They have chicken for Christmas because turkeys aren't really a thing over there. Mm. And KFC years ago pushed themselves as the Christmas brand. So now people have chicken for Christmas. Um, the villain monster that week is a salmon and he doesn't like chicken. And so he goes around the town just getting rid of all the chicken and replacing it with salmon. And so the whole episode is themed around them. They want to have a kids' party and give the kids chicken for, and get Tuma, the chef of the cafe, to cook the chicken for them. And the whole thing is just basically, we can't let the kids not have chicken for Christmas. So we need to beat the shit out of this monster. They lure him out by getting a chicken from Paris. Noel drives his train to Paris, picks up a chicken, comes back, and they cook the chicken out in the open and just wait for the monster to turn up. And it's just like, it's fucking... He's coming soon. Yeah. Oh, Lord, he coming. This is at the point where they can't reveal the thieves are the patter the Lupin Rangers, like the cafe guys are the Lupin Rangers, so they have to run off and pretend they're not there. Um but yeah, it's just a brilliant Christmas special. He's going around to the shops and there's like this whole sequence where he's like stealing all their chicken and giving them fish in their place. He's like, You're only gonna serve salmon and one of those guys puts out another bit of chicken, and he just turns up straight away, he goes, Listen to me, boy and He's like putting his head against his head. Like he's some sort of like Yakuza mob member trying to intimidate a Shop owner. Just brilliant stuff. Fucking enjoyable. I loved it. Top marks. Yeah. I don't know if it's my favourite Super Sentai series yet, but I I binged watched the shit out of it. I like couldn't stop watching it at some points. Because it is just so fun. And uh, I like Thieves. And they're not going to adapt this to Power Rangers. There's no way they're going to depict Thieves as good guys in Power Rangers. Especially with all the guns everyone has as well. They have gun morphers, they shoot guns to transform. Not going to do that in Power Rangers. They shoot guns actively at one of the other Rangers to give him a power-up. Oh, what, like a four shoots at Iron Man to power-up? Yeah, yeah. He's like he points the gun and fires it at him. That's not going to happen in Power Rangers. <laughs> no, Not no. a chance. But um, not, not in America anyway. No. Nah. But yeah, I can't see him doing it. It would be a good idea, though, to have two teams fighting against each other. Yeah, good absolutely. It would be at least interesting. Yeah. But I think they'd skip it like they did with Takuja because, you know, trains in Takuja are not really popular yeah. in Japan, in America. And I can't see him. Thief iconography isn't, like, romanticised in America, so it's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen. Either that or it would happen. It'd be some racist shit where it'd be all the all the thieves <laughs> are black. Yeah. And then all the police They don't work white. at a cafe, they work at a KFC. Yeah. <laughs> we sell fried chicken and we yeah. rob people. The only thief they ever had as a hero character in Power Rangers turned out to be a thief in real life. The guy stole 
friggin' oh, yeah, um, the charity thing. Yeah, yeah, he stole a bunch of merch. Samuel Benter. He sold stole a pan of banner that was for charity. Yeah. And he just kept it. Oh, yeah. The Red Ninja Storm Ranger died. Pura, oh, yeah, so he yeah, did, yeah. Pure Magaceva. Yeah, that's sad. The third Power Ranger to die. Might be a curse. Or yeah. there's just been a fuck ton of Power Rangers. Yeah. There's <laughs> less Power Rangers have died than Super Sentai Rangers, though. Exactly. If only two Super Sentai Rangers die. It's still, yeah, it's still sad. But, mm. uh... Yeah. Pure Max Eva, though, he's in Shortland Street. <laughs> what? Yeah, you know Shortland Street. The medical soap opera. No. It's on Channel 5 or some shit. No. no it's been going for it. years. Ah. But, All right. Yeah, um, good. Is it my final review? Uh, no, I'm just going to end it there. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. what's your last cool. review? Um, I choose you. I saw Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Oh, peek at you. Peek at you indeed. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it because you want to see it. Yeah, it's got Carmen Rider Drive in it. It does. For five five seconds. It has a few bits and pieces in it. Um, So, yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'm going to talk about the story a little bit, but I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um, So, Pokemon Detective Pikachu is a a bit of a... In the games, anyway, it's a bit of a a side story to the main storyline. In which uh, we discover a boy has the ability to talk to a Pokemon. A boy, young man, has the ability to talk to a Pokemon. Only... One Pokemon, and that Pokemon is Pikachu, who just so happens to not only be a Pokemon, but also be the greatest detective in the world. Of course he would be. And with Tim's help, who is the young man, he will hopefully find out what happened to Tim's father, but also solve a few mysteries on the way. Yeah. Um, That's the game. And the game is very much like a... It's almost like a point and click. It's more like a story game. There's not a load of game elements in there, but... Um, it's fun anyway. I played it a little bit. I didn't review it because I didn't really play it enough to justify it. And also, I just couldn't get into it. It was a difficult game to get into. I think it was more aimed for kids. I reckon they'll do a Switch version soon. Probably, probably. Um, uh, and then I'll buy it and I'll success. praise it and say it's the greatest thing ever. Anyway, yeah. um, so, Detective Pikachu. Uh, the film is a similar story. Tim, his dad has gone missing. He, Him and his dad aren't really on speaking terms. They are in some ways. They're just They're very distant. Um, it turns out that Tim's mother passed away when he was about 11 and his father became more and more distant and, and started living more and more, um, sorry, started focusing more and more on his work because Tim reminded him of his wife that he lost. Um, so he Tim, wanted to fuck Tim. So Tim basically lived with his nan and refused to go and live with his dad in Rome City, which hmm. is the big city that the main, main crux of the film happens in. Um, now, we joined Tim when he's a little bit older and he is failing at being a Pokemon trainer, despite aspirations of that when he was very, very young. And he now finds himself unable to even catch a Cubone. That's quite a funny scene in which they attempt to do so. Um, in a weird dark turn, they acknowledge that Cubone wears the head of his mother that yeah. died. Uh, but anyway, that's that, let's let's move on. From Pokemon's dark as shit. And it is. Um, and so eventually, Tim does go to the city because he finds out that his dad has died, uh, or not died, but gone missing, presumed dead. And uh, and he's there to go clean out all his dad's effects. Um, and uh, along the way, he meets Pikachu. They team up and decide they're going to solve the mystery of what exactly has happened to Tim's father. Ooh. Along with the help of a plucky young journalist and her Psyduck, they might just make it. Yeah, If they can stay alive long enough to solve like the mystery. Um, straight up, I don't think this film was for me. I enjoyed it. And I am a fan of Pokemon. I've played the games, but I don't think this film is for me. Because you're a miserable old miser. No, 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 no. I think that 
<laughs> if you were a diehard Pokemon fan, if you really like lived these games when they were out and you weren't like me, a casual player, I think the last time I really like invested tons of time was probably either gold or silver back in the day. Mm. Since then, it's been like passing on emulation and, and a few, like I did, I did play, I did a deep dive on Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon. I can't remember which one it was I played. Um, I did a deep dive on that and put in like a good 20 hours. But after those 20 hours, I was like, I don't really need any more of this. Kids today don't appreciate Pokemon. Other games in the series, like back in the day, you know, Gold you and Silver. You like Digimon, didn't you? Yeah. Fucking sick freak. Loved Digimon. Digimon, digital monsters. Um, but I mean, I, I, you know, as a game, I still, I still really like the idea. I like the core concept. And even when I was playing Pokemon Let's Go, I really sank a lot of time into that game. But once, once I'd sort of seen all the core mechanics, once I'd spent hours and hours and hours playing the game, and it just became a sort of more Pokemon Pokeball throwing, you know, I just sort of, I was fine just bowing out. I didn't really get the urge to go back into it for a deep dive, for a deeper dive. I sort of was just like, you know, I got everything up to like level 40, 50, and then I was just like, eh, don't, yeah, don't really, that's it for me. Um, Outrageous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Detective Pikachu, I mean, probably one of the smartest things that they've done here is they've just, they've kind of gotten to a point where um, the Pokemon world has moved on. And a lot of, a lot of, um, the poker, the, the like Pokemon battles and stuff like that, that's in the past. Mm. Um, it's all in Rhyme City where people don't, it's illegal to battle Pokemon because it's like dogfighting, isn't it? Yeah, like it they, is. they acknowledge that. And Pokemon don't really live in Pokeballs in the town. Mm. So instead people sort of adopt them like pets, but it's more like a partnership than it is like a pet. So you see people walking the streets and they've all got like EVs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, um, and, some Pokemon have jobs, like they've got A-Plume, like fixing power lines and stuff and testing it by powering up their hands. Um, you've got Pikachu as a detective. And, and, and like, I think that, I think that just the fact that they've done so well building this world and I could enjoy my hour and a half in the world was great. Was great. It's just the plot was very basic. I kind of saw what was coming early on. I, I guessed the ending like almost immediately. No, oh, no. Which is a bit of a problem because there is there is still some mystery to it. They do try and no, keep I do. Stuff. Whenever I watch a film, I just guess a thousand times. Eventually, I guess the ending. No, the no, film no, sucks. no. It's not like that. When you're watching a film, your mind naturally comes to conclusions of where things mm. are heading. You don't just watch a film and go, ah, ooh. You have to think about what you're watching. If it's actively making you, yeah, think... people don't like it when they don't know what's coming because you know, Last Jedi did that and they didn't like it. Yeah, but I I don't think that like with this, it was just it was something that I guessed. There were a couple of twists I didn't get. There's a particularly creepy ditto. And Ditto's it's one of, are creepy. It's one of the best fucking scenes in the movie is when there's a reveal that there's a ditto. Yeah. And you see what it would look like for a ditto to do something I don't ever want to see again. And there's some adult jokes in there that are really quite funny. Mm. Like Ryan Reynolds doesn't phone... Well, he might have literally phoned it in for his performance and recording. But when it comes to the actual jokes and stuff, he doesn't phone it in. They're quite good. No, Ryan Reynolds was... Um... Motion there's a set. scene there's a scene where they meet a DJ mm-hmm. who I think is a friend of the um, Hey Fam podcast or of the Do Go On podcast I can't remember which one but um, there's a scene with a DJ where he's just wearing like a jacket that's all torn up because of a fight between Pikachu and the Charizard and um, and Pikachu's like dialogue to this are just stuff like I'm really trying to focus Tim but all I see are nipples <laughs> and it's like oh I'd love to see this guy's search history 
<laughs> and stuff like that. Just it, fantastic little one-liners here and mm. there. They're just really good, um, really biting. There's some great ones like, um, I think it's in the trailer actually, where Tim walks into the office of his father and Pikachu has all this paperwork and all these coffee cups spread out. Mm. And uh, he walks in, he knocks over a pile of a pile of things and and over over a coffee and Pikachu just says, "Oh yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's just my life's work." Mm. Like that, just like nice little throwaway gag lines are really yeah. good. Um, and it, the, you know, by the end of it, there was like a little bit of there was like a little emotional response. I was a bit sad, uh, but I won't reveal why. I think that I think this is the perfect film that a parent who loved Pokemon could take their kids who loved Pokemon Go. The Pokemon look great. The ones that are meant to be scary look kind of scary. Gengar looks shit. That was really irritating. Why'd you hate Gengar? Gengar just looks shit in this. It doesn't look very good. Um, there's some that I didn't know, like Torty. Sorry, I'm Oh, what's that? You're making weird noises on the yeah, podcast. sorry. Yeah. There's like a tortoise one. It has like a lambass on its back. I think it was like a later stage starting Pokemon. Oh, that's um, Pokemon. friggin' Tortiga, um, Tor- Mag- Tortoga. I can't remember his name, but he's a yeah. magma lava. No, no, no. This thing. one's like, this one's green. Oh. It's grass. I think it's like there's like a turtle from Animal Crossing. I think there's a starting Pokemon that's a tail. I think it's probably one of the later generations. Yeah. But um, but yeah, really, really nice. It's the ice cream one there. <laughs> I don't know. That's my favourite. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like all in all, like I said, I really enjoyed it um, for what it was. But I just I don't think it's for everyone. And I think that the perfect audience is, like I said, it's someone who loved Pokemon when they were younger and is taking their kids there, or it's someone who just genuinely loves this series. Because I think there's a perverts. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of love and affection that's gone into this. And you can tell from the way that Pokemon are used and the way that people have fought things out. In particular, like when I was a kid, I loved Bulbasaur. Mm. And it just made me want to pet Bulbasaur because they are adorable in this. They're used to good effect. Um, and I'm just, I'm surprised at how. I want to harvest Bulbasaur's seeds. <laughs> just, it surprised me how much they had thought about those bits and pieces. Mm. But then there are other times where it's just a bit shit. Like, um, there's apparently like a little panda Pokemon now. Oh, there's a massive panda Pokemon. Yeah, and there's a massive version, I guess, and that's the yeah. evolution. At one point, you see one of those, and I was just like, oh, that's just a fucking haggard panda. Yeah. You know, it doesn't like... He's usually unless... got a bit of straw in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, he, does, he has that, yeah. When you see that in a film, like, you could have picked a more interesting Pokemon to have there. Like, you could have had, like, a... You could have had, like, a sleeping Snorlax. There's, like, 500 Teddy Pokemon. You yeah. could put loads of them. <laughs> they had, like, a sleeping... Like, there was a scene with a Snorlax. Yeah. You could have just put a Snorlax on a bench. Oh, Paul's in the film. Who? Paul. Who? Paul. Yeah. Paul likes Snorlax. It's his favourite Pokemon. Oh, right. Sorry. He insists on being represented with a Snorlax. Well, he, like, the the thing is that there are a lot of easy jokes with Snorlax they didn't make. Like, the, the panda Pokemon's, like, sitting on a bench. If you put Snorlax there and the bench was sort of, like, bending underneath and people were sitting on the end of it. More than bend. Snorlax weighs, like, 1.5 tonnes. Exactly. And, like, you, the joke could be that people are still just sitting on the bench as if yeah. nothing's wrong. And then maybe you have, like, a little hat in front of the Snorlax mm. so people are chucking money in it, but Snorlax hasn't woken up, so it's just piled up. Mm. You know, stuff like that, like, fun shit like that. I mean, that would be good, but all in all, it was a really enjoyable film. It just wasn't going to... It was never going to set the world on fire. And also, the main character is the kid from Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, the nerdy kid oh, who's yeah, like, yeah. I don't think we're compatible in jokes like that. Um, he's not great in that, and he's not great in this either. Fallen Kingdom's a masterpiece. I don't mind Fallen Kingdom as a film. It's two Everybody separate hates films. It. Why do people complain? You get Everybody two films in one. It, but I don't mind it. And to be honest, the only thing that I'd say is that you had like you had like quite a clever character in which you had like this girl who was really interested in dinosaurs so much so mm. that she studied them from a medical standpoint. Yeah, she like, disappears from the film for half an hour. She just disappears. <laughs> yeah. 
But she's a really good character. Really interesting. Yeah. I like that idea that someone's so in love with dinosaurs and what this science team have done that she studies information on dinosaurs so that she could be considered a dinosaur vet. Yeah. You know, that's still got... That, there's, it's still got involved yeah, in She didn't stick her hand in one giant pile of shit once. No. Ellie um, Sattle did. But yeah, so uh, Detective Pikachu, like, it's it's fine. It's not really... I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it, but I was into Pokemon when I was younger. I think that it'd be better if, like, someone who was a parent, like I said. Do they should have put some or, Digimon in there for you? Or someone who really loves Pokemon still. I think that there are people that have probably bought a Switch just for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Those people would fucking lap their shit up. Yeah, it's great. I need to play them when they come out. I'm probably going to give it a go. I'm going to get Shield, I think. I'm going to get Gun. Because Gun, gun beats Swords and Shields. Um, no, I am I probably will as well. I'll probably pick them up as well. Because I'm interested to see them actually make a full-fledged RPG out of this shit. Because every other time it's been like a really restrictive, like, oh, you can battle here, you can battle there. There's like no real character levelization. It's just the monsters level up. And you well, change it's going to be another regular Pokemon game. You reckon? Yes. No, there'll be more to it. It's just that the 3DS isn't their handheld console anymore. The Switches. There'll be more to it. I reckon yeah. it'll be... It'll be like... Um, Pokemon Coliseum Dark whatever it was where they tried to make a full RPG Coliseum was alright yeah I've got that anyway uh, all in all I think it's good it's great it's fine um, when did Bill Nighy become like a proper actor like when did people what? think he was like a really Bill Nighy is a proper actor oh come on name like his prestige picture he's been in shit loads of films yeah but name man. a prestige I picture I don't watch them they're films that granddads watch no, come on. Like, come Best on. Exotic Marigold Hotels? I don't know. That's not a prestige picture. Bill Nye's in a bunch of shit. He's in a bunch of stuff, but I don't think that he is he's like... He's Total Recall remake? <laughs> I think that Bill Nye has used his excellent accent and his excellent voice to just be in a bunch of shit. Because I can't think of anything where he's... He just likes doing comedy stuff. That's all. Is he only in comedy stuff? Because yeah, didn't sure he start in like, Underworld? Yeah. Probably. He's in a whole bunch of shit. He's in like, all the Underworld films. Yeah, he'll- do anything <laughs> he's in Shaun of the Dead you're right about that yeah. he's in the Dad's Army film that was yeah. terrible yeah uh, it's just, you it's... liked that you reviewed it and said it was fantastic no I didn't I said it was awful no you didn't you liked it no I didn't honestly you you reviewed it and you said you really enjoyed it no I didn't I said I yeah. didn't laugh once there was one guy who laughed in the cinema I laughed at him more than I laughed at the film you said it was the best film no I didn't 2015 or was it 2015 yeah. anyway yeah so it's fine it's got Bill Nye like it's it's sort of it's Bill Nye little... was fucking Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean wasn't he yeah underneath all them tentacles yeah yeah and he's in love actually yeah he's in 147 films is he really he's got 147 credits but he's in plenty of stuff he's in um, Star Dog and Turbo Cat See what I mean? Now that you're looking at it, he was Santa in Peppa Pig. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's a bunch of films, man. Uh, yeah, but are you trying to find like a proper prestige picture? Yeah, I, I'll guarantee I'll find one. He's a proper prestige actor. He was in Pokemon movie. Why is he going to be a prestige actor in a Pokemon? <laughs> He's in the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. <laughs> he was in I Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, he was. I think it was a cameo of his character from Underworld. Probably. Who knows? Well, they tie together. No, no, come on! You've got to, you've got to give me what is the big like Oscar nominated? He movie? was in Arthur for Christmas. What is the Grand Santa. big like Oscar prestige pick that Bill Nye has earned on this acclaim? Because everybody thinks he's like the seasoned great actor who is really clearly, you know, 
He might be slumming it a bit doing these. He was an Astro Boy as well. Yeah, he was. He was Doctor Tim. Doctor Elfin. uh, Yeah, he was his assistant. Yeah, he's in Valkyrie. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go then. Valkyrie, the film directed by a paedophile about Nazis. Yeah, there's what's the Intel's Intel's favourite film. He was in the Constant Gardener. (laughs) Fuck you. Did you watch the Constant Gardener? No. No, (laughs) That could be a piece of shit as well. No, that's that one with um. Rachel Weisz and Ray Fiennes, isn't it? It's one of those big, important movies that got nominated for Oscars. He was in Alf Wiedersehen, pet. Jesus. <laughs> I See, think it was the reboot You're one. really trying to find a role that's he's like... He's been in a lot of stuff. It's, he's been in loads of stuff, but I don't think he's... He was Man at Bar in Black Books. <laughs> he's been in loads of stuff, but I just... He's not... He's not like everyone... Everyone seems to think... Oh, like, shit, he was in Guesthouse Paradiso. Yeah, he was. He was one of the people... One of the, bit, one of the guests, yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody seems to think that he's like he's won Oscars and stuff like that. But no, he's never won Oscars. It's just he's just a. It doesn't have to be. Why would he he's just to, a British dude? Why would he have to be a prestige actor? He he's just, just having fun. He's a really well-spoken British dude who's somehow. Alan Rickman never won an Oscar. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He didn't. Yes, he did. Never did. Alan Rickman won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For what? I don't know. But he won Not one. Die Hard. No, <laughs> it might have been Die Hard. He was in Hitler S. Hitler's SS Portrait of Evil. You see what I mean? Like, oh, here you go. He was in an episode of Minder. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. Why do you think people think that? No one thinks that. Well, you just went through his whole whole IMDb to try and prove me wrong, and you came up with a bunch of random schlock. One film, The Constant Gardener. Yeah. Which may or may not be good. <laughs> Neither of us have seen it. It's got. A bit, I know it's got a bit with Rachel Weisz. Um, Wipes her bum with a towel. Really? Yeah, because she gets out of the bath and. But yeah, so so. Good. Why yeah. are you picking on Bill Nye? I'm something? not. I like Bill Nye as an actor a lot. I think he's yeah. a very sexy voiced man. But what I'm saying is that people seem to think that he has some level of prestige because he's like done some, or he's at least people think that he's some some multi award winning actor, but he's just not. No one thinks that. Like, but. They do. How does he, he... He can't just be this British guy that keeps getting Ross because he plays himself in every film. Yeah, that's what people hire him for. <laughs> we need a Bill Nighy type, you know, someone prestigious and English. Let's get him in. Ha! What? I don't say that's wrong words. Uh, <laughs> you trying to give me a gotcha moment. He never got... No- Alan Rickman never even got nominated for an Oscar. No, Alan Rickman did, however, win uh, multiple BAFTA awards. Including... He's only won one BAFTA. Yeah, but what for? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> the greatest role ever. Hmm. Um, but no, Alan Rickman is incredible. Has he got an MTV Kids' Choice Award? <laughs> That's what matters. He's got an MTV Movie Award for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. he does. That's what matters, is getting an MTV Award. Like All the others can just go fuck themselves. But I told you, Alan Rickman's never won an Oscar. Yeah, Not even right. for Galaxy Quest by Grabfar's Hammer. How upsetting. How is Alan Rickman in so many great films, though? He is just great. Like, freaking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Galaxy Quest, fucking Alan Harry Rickman Potter. is a prestigious actor. He's been in prestige Die picks. hard. Yeah. Uh, the school produ- the production of um, Romeo and Juliet, we used to watch at school on Betamax. He was the only person who knew what... Yeah, he played Tybalt. Yeah. He was the only person who knew what the fuck kind of film he was in in, in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. In anyway, anyway, that's the end of this. 
that's the end of this episode. We've done four things each. We've spoken about Alan Rickman and Bill Nye, which is, you know, every we've British podcast. Magical Girls and Tokusatsu. Magical Girls and Tokusatsu. They mean special film. Anyway, as always, and where can they find you? Oh, shit, we've got a big Tokusatsu film coming up soon. Do we? Godzilla King and the Monsters. We do. That's out at the end of the month. Yeah. Ooh. Holy shit. I'm also going to review John Wick next month. I've heard um, people have seen Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and they said it is literally two hours of shit being destroyed. Yeah, I had someone so, I used to work with did VFX in that film. That sounds fantastic And they to said me. There, was, it was, there was a lot of care into making it look a certain way. Mm. And I think that's very interesting. I think that's very good. Um, but anyway, so Anne, uh, they can find you on YouTube as at Mellow Gaming, the still at the most Mellow pop- Gaming. No, sorry, you're Mellow Gaming on YouTube and you're okay. the most popular Mellow Gaming channel? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I heard that Jake Paul was considering making a Mellow Gaming channel. Probably. Yeah. I think he's probably just going to ask 12-year-olds He's for apparently accused someone of bullying, but, like, this is Jake Paul, the guy who fucking makes bullying people his thing. Doesn't he write diss tracks? Isn't that a form probably. of bullying? I mean, didn't he... He fucking docks Post Malone, didn't he reveal where Post Malone lived? Did he? Yeah. Like shit like that, and he friggin'. That's not fair. Post Malone's apparently a really nice guy. Yeah, he pushes kids into spending shitloads of money on his on merch fucking, and stuff. Yeah, loot boxes and shit like that. Yeah. He's just a cunt, isn't he? They're yeah. all just cunts. I think that the world's ending. Drop him off the back of a train. Um, but they can also find you on Twitter. Probably. At LV54 Space not Monkey. Worth doing. No? Right, no. You don't say much on Twitter? I've, I've posted 53,000 tweets, thanks. Like, oh, okay. I say a lot of stuff on Twitter. They're fantastic. Some of my tweets are fucking hilarious and deserve retweets. Some of them, yeah. yeah. Some of them have been... Who, who's who's one of your most famous followers? Joel Courtney. Used to, I think he still follows me. Joel Courtney? Yeah, do you remember Joel Courtney from Super 8? The kid from Super 8? The one with the teeth? No, he was the main kid in Super 8. No. You remember Super 8? It's a great film. It's not a great film. It's a fantastic film. It wants to be a great film. It's a great film. It came out two... He was also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He played a young version of um, Powers Booth, I think, or something like that. I can't remember. Cool. All right. Um, well, that's good. That's good. Well he done. He was in The Kissing Booth on Netflix. I didn't watch that. Didn't you? No, mm. I don't have an urge to see teens kissing, but oh. apparently Pro Jared It's getting a sequel. Is it? Yeah. Well, Pro Mr. Jared... Mr. Biffo follows me on Pro, Twitter. Pro Jared might be on that. Oh, yeah, so he does. So yeah. um, I'm going to see Digitalize Alive in July. Are you? Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Did you get tickets? My mate, did, mate got tickets. He bought free tickets and he asked me if I wanted to go along. So. Oh, that's cool. Going to see Digitize Alive. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. You're going to try and get... Um, what's her name? The lady that you like. Octavius Kitten. Yeah. You're going to say hello, Octavius. No, you can't just go on stage. No, but they'll do like hellos and stuff afterwards. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, if you do get the chance, say hello to her. Go hang out with Larry Bundy. Yeah. Go hang out he with Larry Bundy. He subscribes to me on YouTube. Is he? Yeah. Well, there you go. He's been subscribed to me for friggin' years, he has. Well, there you go. All right, well... Um, and you no quality. Find, you find me at yeah, Critical Clips on YouTube. And uh, I'm also Critical Clips on, on Twitter. Does Larry Bundy Jr. follow you on YouTube? No, I think we've got no. two followers. <laughs> I should start doing something with that channel. Mm. I will eventually. I have a video that has like 20,000 views. No, oh, that must be an accident. <laughs> no, it's... it's it's a U- you remember when EA's UFC they took over the license from THQ and they made that really bad first UFC game mm. I played that so much and streamed a ton of it and I kept just playing as the worst fighter in the game and beating the best fighters so I think people were expecting to see Mark Coleman beat up 
um, beat up Brock Lesnar in real life, but it's not real life. It's just in the game. People keep watching it. You should do the other one, play as CM Punk. Yeah, is he in it? He's in one of them. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely oh. in one of them. Did you see that that boxing match where the guy got fucking knocked out in one punch? No. Like is um, last night. It was like literally one punch, man. The guy just literally clobbers him. There's a slow motion replay, and the whole right side of his face just turns to jelly. Jesus. It like looks like it moves about three inches off his face, <laughs> and he just goes straight down. Then the camera like pans and zooms in on the guy, and the audience who looks looks like you know that Pikachu image. Yeah. The one was shocked. Yeah. Like looks like that. The guy's just like. <gasps> It's so fucking bad. Some of it. Will you remember? Like, well, I don't know if you remember. I love watching people get knocked out. Have you ever watched uh, Cinderella Man? Oh, the, the was that Russell Crowe one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really, know. really good film. But they horribly misportray Max Bear, who is the guy who famously in like the thirties or the forties, and whenever that just after no nineteen sixteen was the Great Depression, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, basically, wasn't that great. It's pretty rubbish. And basically, he killed a bunch of people in the ring. A bunch of people. He killed two people in the ring. Oh, it was a guy who put the horseshoes in his... No, 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 no. This guy just... He literally well, he just... down his gloves. He punched so hard, mm. he just fucked people up. Yeah. And he, in the film, is portrayed like this, like, ha don't worry, lady, you'll be a widow and I'll be in your bed tonight. And, like, in real life, he was actually horribly depressed and became a crippling alcoholic because of that. Mm. Like, he... Jack his... Dempsey's my favourite old-time who? boxer. Jack Dempsey. He's an old-time boxer from the 1920s through to the 40s. Classic oh. boxer. I, I like Gypsy Jim, who was uh, who was a bare-knuckle fighter in the turn of the century. Mm. And he basically... He fought wearing bare-knuckles. Yeah. Um, he basically... Um, he died a complete and utter pauper. Like, mm. his story was almost completely lost. The only reason that people found out about it is one of his descendants decided to trace their lineage. Yeah. And they basically... Um, I think that they said they had to start from Ship Manifest from the 1900s when he went over to do the World Ship said the, Manifest. They had to do the World Boxing, the mm. heavy, heavyweight title. They actually had to go and travel to whatever country it was happening mm. in. And they'd turn up and it would just be in a field full of people. They would just pe- watch people punch the shit out of each other. And nice. they didn't have traditional rounds. So you wouldn't have 15 and the fight was over Oh, boxing 10. never used to have rounds. They didn't have rounds. Yeah. So there were these people that were just punching the shit out of each other. For back like in the day when um, wrestling would just go on for three yeah. hours. The Million Dollar Man's dad famously had a wrestling match that went on for so long that the police came and shut down the stadium. <laughs> it went for three and a half hours, this one wrestling match. Well, so this is so these <laughs> stories are always with a pinch of salt because mm. people always like, you know, when you find stuff out, the historians always... Are, Try to make it sound as good as possible. It's what Instagram's for now. Mm. Um, but he went back into the history and he found the world's first world heavyweight bare knuckle boxing championship fight that was won by an Englishman. It was his great 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 granddad, mm. and uh, apparently it went for it went for a hundred and five rounds or something ridiculous like that. Jeez, they were punching each other. They were so punched out, so broken that Jim, uh, that Gypsy Jim, had broken his arm at some point. Nice. But had just kept boxing because the pain everywhere else was probably just so bad at that point. He finally won. And then at the end of the fight, there is someone who says, I don't tell a lie. He jumped up on a carton and played fiddle for everyone whilst getting drunk with people. Nice. And you know when you think to yourself, that's clearly untrue, but that's my favourite thing ever. Is and then he some, raised the dead. Someone like with a broken arm just went yeah. like, well, I'm fine. The fight's over. <laughs> just like because he was a famous fiddle player I mean, he started out trying to play fiddle Taz walked to a hospital after breaking his neck and the doctor oh. refused to believe that he walked there he said how did you get here he said I walked I was like no you didn't he's like no I definitely walked broken neck like, terrifying yeah. but yeah no it's I, I think that's all fascinating but anyway that's that's the end of the career because there's a little bit of history at the end um, but yeah 
Yeah, so, Ant, you going to say goodbye? No. All no. right. I'll say goodbye in my traditional way. Trump fucks kids. That's, you can't just say that. No, I can. I said, wait, oh, sorry. Trump fucks kids? No, no. Trump A, E. You know he loves to sue people, right? Yeah. And he is extremely petty. Yeah, but he can't sue someone for saying a fact. Yeah, true. He flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. It depends how rich you are. He flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Yeah. He is on the manifest as flying Jeffrey Epstein's plane. It's Jeffrey Epstein, plane. the Lolita Express. Yeah. I'm sorry. You only call things Express when they're trains. Fucking idiots. Well, that's... You don't call planes an Express. Look, he fucks kids. That's just a fact. America have accepted it. He's a Christian, apparently. But he fucks kids and pays people to fuck them. And he pays people after he's fucked them because it's so embarrassing he needs to make sure that they don't tell anyone about a small penis and tiny hands. Mm. That's why he had a hand reduction. That's why he made his hands look smaller so his dick looked bigger. Because you can't have a penis penis increase. It doesn't mm. work. I like Jeremy Beadle joke. Yeah. <laughs> the classic he Jeremy Beadle joke. He his left hand because it's the tiny one. No, um, Jeremy Beadle's got a really small dick. On the other hand, it's quite large. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, Trump fucks kids. It's nothing to worry about. Honestly. It, it is. We'll never get sued. Okay. We, 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 Like, it's like the gang gets sued. (laughs) It comes up like Always Sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it'll be fine. Bye. People that fuck kids can't sue people. Ask Ian Watkins. Or Pro Jared. (laughs) He doesn't fuck kids, you just send him dick pics. I mean, he hasn't fucked kids yet, but... Mm. He's going to get Jared Leto'd one day. He looks like one. Oh my God, pro Jared, Jared Leto. Yeah, All, the, Jared all Leto. the Jared seem to be pedos. Jared Leto sent semen to the cast members of Suicide Jared Squad. Leto fucked a 14-year-old. Yeah, more than one. Yeah, anally yeah. raped 14-year-olds. Yeah, he's a creepy fuck. He is creepy as shit. Mm-hmm. Good night, anyone who's... Oh God, I hope no one's listening to this while they go to bed. Because you imagine Jared Leto crawling over your bed, bed like being like, Hey, listen. I was the Joker once, like, no, you weren't, Jared, go to bed. Can I fuck you in the eyes? No, Jared. Are you 14? Jared, if I was 14, do you think that I would have sex with you? 14-year-olds are really gullible. <laughs> Good night, Jared. Has he done? Yeah. Yeah. Right, bye. Bye. Trump fucks kids. <laughs>